0: Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis, 2011,
1: and Ryan.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today I am actually not joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan, so I cannot pass the baton to him and ask him how he's doing because, uh, well, he's actually pretty sick. And as you can probably tell from my voice, I too am pretty under the weather. Uh, I I feel like for the next many, many years, whenever we say someone's sick, we have to also have a caveat in there to say it's not COVID, people. It's not COVID. I just have a little case of the sniffles, congestion, a little bit of a cough, but all is well. I have some of my over-the-counter stuff uh, that I'm taking, lots of tea and honey, and uh, a lot of rest, a lot of fluids, a lot of water, you know, all of the the natural remedies, if you will, although I guess cold medicine isn't really a natural remedy, but I digress. I am here today kind of flying solo in the beginning of the podcast episode because it was a big week for video games, as many can probably... A test, we got details or more details about the PlayStation 5, when it's coming, the launch titles, how much it's gonna cost, all of that. And I I'm just so excited about it. I could not not record an episode talking about that. So Ryan's taking a backseat this week. He's at home playing Super Mario Sunshine, as I'm sure many people are. I'm gonna actually try and record a one-man solo podcast, at least for the beginning portion. Again, kind of talking about everything that went down at the recent PlayStation 5 showcase. But then if you look in the timestamps, and certainly by the name and title of this episode, I will be joined by my wife, Lauren, at the back end of the show. We're going to be talking about a whole slew of things. So if you just want to get to the more exciting piece of the episode, by all means, get down in the show notes, click the timestamp to get to the better portion of the show with my better half. Uh, It should make for a very fun discussion. We actually haven't recorded that piece yet, so it's tough to say. But anything with Lauren is better, right? She's been on a couple episodes in the past. I think she was on episode 10 with us to talk about Disney stuff. And I think when Ryan was actually in Japan uh, about a year and a half ago, we also recorded an episode called Milk Thistle is My Very Best Friend or something like that. I don't know. It was like episode... Late 20s, maybe early 30s, if I remember correctly. Uh, I feel like we've had her on a third time, too. I don't know. She's been on two or three times, but um, you can never have enough Lord in your life. You really can't. So, we'll be bringing Gizmo on, and it should be good times. But, people, let's kick it off. Let's talk about it. Everyone and their brother is talking about the PlayStation 5 showcase. Again, Ryan and I, when we were talking on last week's episode... You know, we were talking about um, kind of what we expected, what we were hotly anticipating, um, our hopes and dreams for what they were going to bring to the table. And I think more than anything, we wanted to walk away from that showcase with a very clear idea uh, as to when that console's coming and how much it was going to cost. And I would say they delivered on that front. Uh, we know that the console is 500 for the standard edition with the disk drive, And 400 with the, uh, I guess, no disk drive and all digital edition, which is kind of where Ryan and I kind of predicted we thought they were going to come in at, especially with the Series X coming in at 500 and the Series S coming in at 300. You would think that Sony uh, was going to be competitive, or at least try to be in that sense. Also, the interesting thing here, now that it's a solo podcast, when Ryan's talking, that's typically when I I drink all my, my stuff. I can't do that now. I gotta, I gotta just take you know little breaks as I'm talking here. So you're gonna hear me doing a little sippy sip with my coffee here. We've got some, uh, what kind of tea is this? Bigelow, lemon, ginger, plus probiotics, plus I um, sprinkled some some honey in there too to kind of help soothe my voice because you know I sound like a frog. Mm. Ah, drinking coffee, it's good stuff. And by the way. I'm going to be all over the place, by the way, because I don't think I've ever recorded a solo podcast before. I hope everyone is just enjoying the sweet fall weather, the transition to colder temperatures. Hopefully, you're just all snuggled up today on this fine Saturday with a hoodie on, maybe a cup of coffee, maybe a cup of tea, uh, the snack of your choice with all your furry friends and loved ones. Uh, I'm here to just treat you with some PS5 stuff, so hopefully I can provide an inkling of entertainment here for these next two hours, uh, or however long we, uh, were on the show here. Certainly when Lauren joins us, uh, the sky's the limit. You just never know how long we're going to be talking. But anyways, getting back to the PS5 showcase, Ryan and I kind of were right on the, the nose there with the, the price predictions. But outside of that, I don't really know if we ever could have anticipated or certainly guessed what they were going to end up showing, um, you know, kind of leading up to this conference, and I was pretty blown away with the games they showed, and not just the games that they revealed that were currently in development, but the gameplay that they showed for each of these games that I think really kind of showcased what we can expect from the next generation. I'm not going to go down uh, the entire list of every single game that we've shown. I have the major, I would say, highlights, uh, subjectively speaking, of course, and then a couple other random um <clears throat> Just kind of call-outs for games that are kind of top of mind for me walking away from the showcase. But, you know, walking in, everyone, or not everyone, but, you know, lots of people were saying that Silent Hill was going to be shown, then rumors started surfacing that maybe Final Fantasy 16 was going to be coming, and I'm like, what? Didn't we just get Final Fantasy 15 like, two or three years ago? It just kind of seems a little soon to be revealing something like that. But lo and behold, they kick off the conference with kind of a montage of things that we've seen before. Um, they showed that little cat game that looks super cute that everyone kind of forgot about, but you shouldn't be because it looks really neat. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Miles Morales, everything they've kind of showed to this point. And then it kind of went in, the screen went black and it said, um, it, it had a weird caveat that everything was running on PC or something like that and that it was being... Emulated for PS5. I don't really know what the verbiage was. My head's a little stuffy. My memory's a little foggy. But anyways, they kick it off with these guys kind of around a, a fire, kind of a campfire of sorts. And I was getting some serious Final Fantasy XV vibes, even from the characters themselves, the dialogue, the music. It kind of just, especially since I'm kind of very fresh with Final Fantasy XV, having played it just a few months ago, earlier this year... But then it kind of just had a far more old school folklore fantasy type um, feeling to it with certainly the characters, the the environments, the cities and towns that they were in. Um, it felt very alive just based on all of the people that were kind of walking around doing their daily stuff. Uh, but it seems like they're really kind of going back to the roots of what... Um, the the fantasy in Final Fantasy, if that makes um, any sense, I, I certainly never would have anticipated it to be as dark as it was, as gory as it was. There was this scene where this young boy is watching these these two, I presume older men, argue and having this um, some what of a fight of sorts, and then this guy just cuts his throat and blood just splatters all over the young boy. I think his name is Joshua. He was dark as hell, and certainly. Um, a different side of Final Fantasy that I don't think we've really ever seen from a mainline game—maybe Dirge of Cerberus or uh, the Dissidia games or something to that effect—or certainly Type Zero. But I think this very well could be like the first rated M mainline Final Fantasy game, and I'm here for it. You know, I I, I would love for them to go a different direction uh, before they revealed Final Fantasy this the Final Fantasy 16 name. Uh, I was certainly under the belief that this was going to be Final Fantasy XV too, because what, they haven't done that, well, I guess they did it for Final Fantasy 13. they had the, the multiple games, um, and then a bunch of DLC for 15. so I guess it makes sense that they didn't do like a Final Fantasy XV too, but um, yeah, I mean, combat certainly seems to blend um, and take a lot from Final Fantasy XV, it seems to be very Monster Hunter-y, um, zoomed out third person heavy combat it almost seems to also blend stuff from the witcher 3 another game that i just recently wrapped up so um seeing those kind of two combat styles melded together both final fantasy 15 and witcher 3 uh, is really interesting to me Uh, another thing of note is we really didn't see a whole lot of party member combat going on so maybe this is a solo adventure you know coming away from all the complaints and criticisms of 15 when you had this band of brothers type of thing when these guys were just kind of going on a a bro road trip or whatever. Um, they said, you know what? No, we're just going to take things in a different direction and maybe it's just going to be a solo Final Fantasy game. I'm here for it. I think it looks really interesting graphically. I thought it looked fine. A lot of people were saying it looked ugly. But listen, people, when Final Fantasy 15 was first revealed in what, 2005 or f- six, when they called it Uh, versus 13 when it was part of the Fabula Nova Crystallis series or whatever, you know, Namara, whoever was a part of that game development team, kind of pitched it as. And then 10 years later, we got Final Fantasy 15, a very different game than when it was originally revealed. So I'm not in any way expecting to get Final Fantasy 16 in the near term. I think for them to kind of kick off this showcase um, was certainly a great way to kickstart people's um, hype levels for this next generation, and something that really took me by surprise is that this is going to be a console exclusive. Final Fantasy. When was the last time Final Fantasy was exclusive to PlayStation systems? I mean, outside of Final Fantasy VII remake, it's it's got to be ten and twelve, right, on the PS2. That's that's 15, 20 years ago. That that's crazy. For them to get an exclusive final fantasy game on this system uh whether it's going to be timed or not remains to be seen who really knows um but that's a big deal especially with um you know the eastern markets not really buying into the the xbox console last generation because the 360 at least had a whole um slew of rpgs with lost odyssey infinite undiscovery last remnant tales of asperia um, Blue Dragon, so it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out, and console exclusivity for games, the, uh, moving forward, that certainly this passion generation, you kind of thought would be, um, you know, kind of third party, in a sense, they would be coming to both consoles, but that's neither here nor there, Final Fantasy sixteen looks great, I'm very excited about it, and, uh, naturally, they transitioned right into the game that everyone wanted to see more of, and that is Spider-Man Miles Morales, very impressive showcase for this i thought they did a phenomenal job um i mean i was just really impressed with how seamless the transitions were between cutscenes and gameplay especially that earlier scene when you know miles kind of walks out of his room and um or walks down the staircase of his apartment complex with his buddy and they're walking through the streets and you just see it was almost as if some street festival was going on you know there were food vendors and people were dancing and music was playing and miles is kind of slowly walking through the streets and you see in the ground water with the reflections of storefront signs and the lighting fixtures above and it it felt like a next generation experience it was just graphically very impressive in my eyes and then the whole gameplay sequence on the bridge with with the bus sequence you know you can't have a spider-man um dilemma without him trying to save a bunch of people on a train or a bus right um but when he was just fighting uh the group of guys and the almost rmb type music dropped and started playing it just got me so excited for that game and i was i just wanted to get back into the the world of spidey you know Uh, spider-man i think i played uh late last year and it was probably the most fun i've had playing a video game maybe ever, you know, you just felt like a kid again, controlling Spider-Man, and flying through New York, and that'll be no different with Miles Morales, honestly, I I think I may have enjoyed the Miles Morales story beats in Spider-Man than I did Peter Parker's story, I love the romance between him and MJ, but it was really, um, you saw the, um, the potential for Miles' story, and you certainly w- were walking away from that game, left wanting more. So, uh, and this seems to take place a year after the events of Spider Man. So, I'm looking forward to that. I also should have prefaced all of this by saying that I'm going to get into the pre order situation once I wrap up all of the major highlights that I have here. Don't even worry about it. We'll get to it. I'm just as frustrated as everyone else about the whole thing. So, yes. But the interesting thing about this trailer when they wrapped it is that they just said holiday 2020 which is kind of interesting because it's like hey the holiday is right around the corner is this something that we can expect at launch or is this something that is going to end up being pushed to like january because when i when people say holiday i kind of take that to be the november through end of january time frame you know you have thanksgiving you have christmas and then january is kind of that still post-Christmas, New Year's hype, Uh, yeah, so it's tough to really predict what they mean when they say holiday 2020, but again, we found out about the release date later on, and we'll get to that, but um, yeah, all in all, I thought it was a very impressive showcase of the game uh, when Miles kind of tucked that person under his arm, as we saw in a previous trailer, but to kind of see things all kind of come together, one cohesive gameplay segment, him leaping from car to car, seeing the particle effects, the explosions. I think those are the details that are most noticeable, graphically speaking, for this next generation. It's it's tough when you go from something like the PS4 to this in in also xbox one and series x because it's really going to be in the finer details the ray tracing the particle effects the explosions facial expressions of characters it's those little details that you can you can see that are going to be really striking and really push the limits of these consoles uh and certainly graphics moving forward but uh They definitely had it in abundance in the Miles Morales trailer. Very excited to play that game uh, at launch. But again, we'll we'll get back to uh, the launch details here relatively soon. The next game I think they showed, uh, I don't remember the the whole sequence. Again, these are just the the main takeaways for me, uh, was Hogwarts Legacy. Warner Brothers, Harry Potter RPG that had been rumored for quite some time. I don't even think it's been revealed uh, officially i think there were some leaks of maybe screenshots maybe a trailer uh, many moons ago uh, it, but especially you know riding the coattails of news about xbox potentially acquiring warner brothers and for them to drop this trailer in a playstation 5 showcase it leads me to believe that the acquiring of warner brothers by microsoft is probably not going to happen uh any anytime soon or in the near future but uh, Hogwarts Legacy may have been my favorite game showcased in the whole 40 minute segment here uh, of this show. You know, it's no secret if you've listened to this podcast for a number of, of episodes that I'm a huge fan of the original few Harry Potter games on the PlayStation 2 Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, and even Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, it, as a kid, it really felt like Hogwarts come to life. You know, I remember seeing every single one of those films in theaters, uh, reading the books growing up. It was like Pokemon. You know, you wanted nothing to nothing more than to be immersed in that world and become a wizard um, or a witch. You know, it was just something that... Uh, it was just a childlike fantasy of anyone that read those books and watched those movies. And I felt like the PS2 and even PS1 games did a terrific job of that. Uh, and even more so because, you know, Jeremy Soule composed the soundtracks of those games. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, he composed the the Elder Scrolls soundtracks. You know, Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim. And so, um, the, the music, being able to walk freely around Hogwarts, um, the grounds, play Quidditch, all of that stuff... Uh, It just felt so cool as a kid, and this game seems to just take things to a whole nother level. I I don't even really know if we have a clear idea as to what this game is from a gameplay standpoint. I mean, they showed some sequences where it looked like, you know, you were fighting cave trolls and werewolves and spiders and all of these different creatures that you'd expect to see in a Harry Potter universe. Um, but there was no UI. You didn't see party members casting wands. Is it going to be a turn-based RPG or is it going to be more of an action-heavy focused where you can kind of freely roam around a maybe uh, restricted area, you know, more along the lines of a of a Tales of RPG? It remains to be seen. I was pretty surprised that they dropped a 2021 uh, release window. That could mean anything. That could mean uh summer fall and it'll probably end up getting pushed to 2022 if i'm being honest here Uh, but it looked very impressive the character models were a little weird they almost looked like characters from the sims but the actual environments i mean graphically just mind-boggling especially when they were on the i think they were on hippogriffs there were two characters flying and the draw distance, the water, the the horizon of the sun, you know, seemed to be setting. It was just stunning. So, certainly something that's top of mind for me. Probably the main highlight walking away from this because outside of Final Fantasy XVI, I guess there were a number of surprises. But this was certainly the biggest one for me, um, being such a big fan of Harry Potter. So, definitely excited to see more of this. Uh, definitely excited to see more gameplay-specific content uh, of someone actually in game and seeing how this plays i mean for all we know this is an mmorpg you know it's, it's tough to say i mean they didn't advertise it as such so i don't expect it to be um but hey i'm not rolling it out and it'll be interesting too to see if they you know roll out um content after release whether it's dlc or actual expansion packs you know to explore different areas as a part of the the harry potter universe um it'll be interesting and especially too. Um, you know I'm all over the place so forgive me people take all this you know show Rusty some grace with this uh, this solo podcast that he's never done before but uh anyways it, it was too uh, very interesting to me that this is going to be set in the 1800s I think is what they said so well before you know Harry Potter um, reaches Hogwarts which I think is a nice approach because that way they can take a lot of creative liberties of where they want to take the story so, all in all, great showcase, definitely a big surprise, and I think a lot of people were excited about it. So, Hogwarts Legacy, good stuff. The next game here is definitely uh, not up everyone's alley. I know my my co-host Ryan has no interest in playing this game, although I do want him to play the, the game leading into this one. Hopefully during the October season, if I can get things up and running uh, with my PC once it is repaired, and that's Resident Evil Village uh, or Resident Evil 8. We got a little, a more of a look as to what we can expect from this game, but at the same time, I still have no idea what the heck is going on story-wise. It seems to continue the storyline of seven you know with the main protagonist being ethan uh spoiler alert if you've not played resident evil 7 but kind of towards the end of that the whole game you're kind of trying to um save your your wife or your girlfriend or fiance i can't even remember at this point uh mia and once you do that successfully towards the end of the game it kind of connects the resident evil universe in a way that you never thought was really going to happen. You know, this seemed like something, a game that was so far outside of the resident evil universe. It was kind of a reboot for the series. Um, But then you meet and are greeted with um, a very familiar face in the resident evil franchise, Chris Redfield. And in this trailer, uh, Chris is there, you know? Um, And so how everything's going to be connected and what the hell is going on is remains to be seen. I honestly have no idea. Um, it looks very very dark. Werewolves seem to be one of the main enemies that you're going to be encountering. Uh, the village looks like a palace; like it almost gives me more Castlevania Van uh, Van Helsing type vibes than it does a traditional Resident Evil game. But honestly, a- anything they can do at this point to kind of mix up the formula while still retaining that first pers first person um, immersive you know, horror experience that they captured in 7, I'm all for it. I have never been so scared in my entire life. However, I also don't think I've been so engrossed in a horror story, um, certainly in a video game, but in other mediums. You know, the only comparable thing for me is probably Haunting of Hill House, you know, uh, the recent Netflix series. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they end up taking Ethan's character and his story in this next game, and certainly how his um, his story connects and overlaps with someone like Chris Redfield. And it'll be interesting too, you know, if Leon's going to show up or Ada Wong or um, Wesker, who knows, you know, at this point, uh, you never really know what you're going to get with the Resident Evil series, but Capcom has been absolutely killing it recently. So I have nothing but high hopes uh, for what Resident Evil 8 or Village is going to have in store for us. And it sounds like that's going to be a 2021 release. Hopefully, um, you know, it'll come in October it, Capcom, again, has been killing it with these Resident Evil remakes, so maybe they'll even give us Code Veronica in the spring time frame, just as they did Resident Evil 3 this year, and then uh, we'll get Resident Evil 8 in the fall. How crazy would that be? What a time to be a Resident Evil fan. The next game that I have on my list here is uh, a series that I really don't have a whole lot of familiarity with or experience, and that is uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. This is... um. It was a welcome surprise. You know, this seems to be kind of the definitive Devil May Cry Cry 5 experience. Um, I didn't get around to downloading it on my PS4 this gen. uh, Whenever it went on sale, it was always top of mind because it just looks like flashy, fast, over-the-top fun that the Devil May Cry series has seemed to kind of offer for many, many years now. Uh, The only experience I really have playing the series was uh, 4, I played the demo on the Xbox 360 years ago, um, but this looks like a fun place to buy in. Not a game I'm going to get day one. I think this is launching with the console, but you know maybe next year when we have a little bit more of a dry spell with new releases for the console, something that I'll you know definitely look into. The next thing I have here was something that uh, people I think certainly wanted to see more of. When they did the Future of Gaming showcase uh, in the summer, it was revealed that the Demon Souls remake was a real thing. It was coming to PlayStation 5. When it was coming, we didn't know, and uh, I'll be damned if we knew coming away from this trailer when it was coming either. But, uh... It looked really, really good. It looked amazing. I think the biggest complaint and a good friend of the show, uh, Blink, you know, we were almost live chatting with the Otaku Brothers community in the Discord as all of this was unfolding. And he said it almost looks too good. Like it was making him angry. Um, and whether that was a serious comment or not, I totally agree with him. It. I think part of the charm of the Soulsborn games is it, has an inherent jankness to it certainly in the controls and the ragdoll physics you kind of just expect a certain level of unpolished in those games and it's kind of adds to its charm right like you want to see some of that jank otherwise it just doesn't feel right and so a lot of the you know backstab animations just looked again almost too good however there was one point in the trailer where the the knight the person controlling the main character almost kylo Ren, you know one of the enemies into the ground with his sword and if you look close enough his sword was like halfway out of the the torso of the body so it wasn't fully pierced into the the stomach of this enemy so you could tell like okay there's there's still some jankness to it, and uh, it's it's tough to really get a clear idea of how much jank we can expect from this game uh, without playing it ourselves, right? This was just a quick gameplay demo where they were running through one of the first areas, making it to one of the bosses, um, but all in all, it looks phenomenal. It looks as good as Demon Souls ever will probably look. And uh, I I pre-ordered it. You know, it's one of the first games that I plan on playing um, for the system. But again, very strange that Sony had no details about the release of this game. The trailer wrapped up and they went right into the next thing with nothing. Nothing to the effect of like, hey, holiday 2020 or 2021. Just zip. So, definitely another head scratcher like what the heck is going on when can we expect this game after that trailer with with no kind of release date i kind of thought oh okay well this is just gonna be really down the line maybe late 2021 before we can expect this game and i was kind of fine with it you know blue point games take your time they did a hell of a job with the shadow of the colossus remake from what i hear so you know i was really in no rush to get this game but uh again we will get to the launch games here shortly Let's see, the other items I have, yeah, this is kind of all I had in terms of the main showcase in the games that they showed. Other things they kind of dropped, um, honestly, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War? Listen, people, I haven't played Call of Duty or really been invested in that series since Modern Warfare 2 um, or Black Ops 1 or World at War Whatever ended up coming out first or whatever was the last release, you know, I was big into the multiplayer experience for for Call of Duty on the Xbox 360 back in the day, but I've had little reason or desire to get invested in those games since. However, that trailer was pretty damn awesome, you know? They were on the runway. It almost looked like something right out of a Fast and the Furious film. I was on board with it. It looked really impressive graphically. The gunplay looked tight. It just looked like good times, you know? And that was just the single-player campaign. So uh, maybe it's time to get back into the Call of Duty uh, multiplayer scene, you know? Uh, This looks like a good game to do it. So very impressed with that. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, very interesting place to drop uh, a trailer like that. I know nothing about that game or that series. I don't even know how it plays, but sounds like a lot of Five Nights at Freddy's fans were, were pretty pumped, so happy for those people. Uh, Deathloop looks like really good times, definitely something uh, my boy Frantic is really excited about. I want to, you know, squad up with him and everyone else in the his community when that game comes out. That just looks like really good times. Uh, it was really kind of comical because towards the very end, they dropped a Fortnite trailer. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are they seriously going to end this trolling us? They start with Final Fantasy 16 and they end it with Fortnite? Come on, people. Uh, but no, they did not. I'm not sure if this was just after that, but they showed this PlayStation Plus collection of games that I'll get into here shortly as well. Um, Honestly, I'm very excited about that, but we'll get to it. Uh, the next game after that, as if they already couldn't have shown enough, I was already blown out of the water with what they did show between Hogwarts Legacy, the Demon Souls trailer, Miles Morales gameplay, and Final Fantasy 16. What more could they possibly have? But I think um, Jim Ryan or whoever it was that came uh, to the forefront of the trailer or of the conference and said, we have one more item for you as these people always do in these showcases and uh the screen faded to black and the emblem of god of war came up and you had this choir singing um i would presume to be a very god of war like theme i only got a little bit into the god of war 2018 game on ps4 when i was streaming it um but then you heard christopher lloyd's christopher lloyd right that's christopher judge excuse me christopher lloyd my gosh it's like back to the Future. Uh, Christopher Judge and his Kratos voice just came in and said, "I don't even know what the hell he said, but it um, certainly got you know chills, just absolute chills when he when he was speaking." Um, and the tease was, "Ragnarok is coming." So, quick little side conversation here before we move forward. Um, just thinking about the next generation of games, game development, and all the costs associated with AAA game development. I was listening to the Kind of Funny Games cast. Um, Specifically, I think it was... um, Greg Miller was talking with Felicia Day. I think he had Felicia Day as a guest, and they were kind of talking through this. And an interesting thing that I think we will see more of, certainly on the PlayStation side of things, because they seem to be going more the route of these single-player experiences, is are we going to see almost these one-and-a-half type games. You know, you look at something like Uncharted Last Legacy that came very shortly after Uncharted 4 that wasn't the length of Uncharted 4, but man, was it just as powerful and just as impressive and just as fun to play and experience as Uncharted 4 was. I think we're going to start to see almost these one-and-a-half type experiences because of the money and time that goes into developing these AAA games. Which, by the way, I'm all for. Like, if it means we get Miles Morales before we get Spider-Man 2, uh, and we don't have to wait five more years to get more Spidey, hell, people, like, I'm, I'm all for that, and I'm sure everyone else that plays video games is. But the thing that Greg Miller was talking about is that uh previous, I think, what is it, um... I think he was chairman of Sony Interactive Entertainment uh, Worldwide Studios, Sean Layden. I have an article pulled up, and it is kind of an interview with GamesIndustry.biz, this editor-in-chief, Matthew, uh, how do you pronounce his last name here? Handrahan, I probably butchered that. I'm sorry, Matthew. But he had this conversation with Sean Layden, kind of talking about what game development is going to look like and what game developers should be thinking about. And I kind of want to just read a couple tidbits because I think it's interesting, um, even though I don't have a co-host here to talk about it. Hopefully people will pop in the Discord and share their thoughts about this. But uh, Layden here says, um, I'm just going to read some tidbits of the article. Layden recalled the days of 1 million production budgets for the biggest games in the market and referred to a commonly stated theory that the cost of development has doubled with every new generation of consoles. This is Sean speaking. Quote, The problem with that model is it's just not sustainable, he said, explaining that the current generation has seen the cost of development reach between 80 million and 150 million for most AAA games, excluding marketing costs, with production taking up to five years from start to finish. He goes on, I don't think that in the next generation you can take those numbers and multiply them by two and think that you can grow. I think the industry as a whole needs to sit back and go, All right, what are we building? What's the audience expectation? What is the best way to get our story across and say what we need to say? It's hard for every adventure game to shoot for the 50 to 60 hour gameplay milestone because that's going to be so much more expensive to achieve. And in the end, you may close some interesting creators and their stories out of the market if that's the kind of threshold they have to meet. We have to reevaluate that. So I think it's an interesting take, and I think it's very true that. With this next generation and this new technology with Series X and PS5, it's only going to cost that much more to develop these games. And if that means that, again, two years after God of War or three years after God of War from 2018, we get Ragnarok, and no spoilers because I haven't even finished the first God of War game, um, this is more of a bite size. And by bite size, I mean 10 to 15 hour experience as opposed to the 25 to 30 hour experience we got in God of War. And then three more years down the line, in 2023, we get God of War 2, a fully realized remake. I'm all for that. I mean, I to be perfectly honest with you, The Last of Us 2 was great, but I think it also could have used some trimming. So if there's a Last of Us Part Two and a half, where so and so's again, mindful of spoilers here. However, that game continues and those characters' stories continue. If they have more of a bite-sized 10-hour experience. I'm all for that. Hopefully, they'll be, they'll be mindful of our wallets and charge more of a $50 price tag as opposed to the as we will get to here $70 price tag of these next generation games. I'm all for that. You know, I think Lost Legacy debuted at a uh, $30 or $40 and uh, Miles Morales is coming in at 50 as opposed to 70. So, um it'll be interesting to see where AAA game development goes, but I think Sean Layden's points about developers needing to reevaluate Uh, the way they develop games, uh, is certainly an interesting take. So, curious what other people think in the Discord. (sighs) Okay, people. Now we get into the really interesting thing. Coming away from this conference, we had still no idea when we could pre-order these machines. We knew they were coming on November 12th. We knew they were $500 and $400. We still didn't know what games we could expect at the launch of this system, Or again, a window to pre order these machines. And this is coming away from Microsoft, who are abundantly clear that you can pre order this console, meaning the Series X and the Series S, on September 22nd for the 500 and 300 price tag. So that was a little interesting, you know, right? Kind of head scratchy, what's going on? Obviously, we're all still excited about Hogwarts Legacy and Final Fantasy 16 and Demon's Souls and Miles Morales and all of these games but still a little weird that we don't know when we can buy the machine. So, of course, I still have Discord up. I have Twitter up. I'm going through, seeing everyone's opinions, where are people at with all of this news. Our Discord, thankfully, was overwhelmingly positive, very excited about the prospect of all of these games shown, potentially playing them close to launch. And then a little person called Jeff Keighley, uh, he starts tweeting some stuff on the old Twitters. And uh, he says, um, yeah, Demon's Souls is actually a launch game for the PS5. And I was like, what? Demon's Souls launch game? Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Demon's Souls at launch. Wow, that's good. that's a big deal. And then, oh yeah, Miles Morales, that, that that's a launch game too. What the heck? Miles Morales? They just told us it was holiday 2020. Uh, so we, we were thinking Christmas. We were thinking January. No, that's a launch game. Okay, that's cool. And then a couple minutes later, you know, it's almost as if he was had a walkie-talkie with our boy Jim Ryan, who's, like, probably vacationing in Bora Bora at this point. And it's like, I'm actually, uh, hold on, ksh, I'm getting word that the um, the PS5 and select retailers might be going on sale tomorrow. Ksh, actually, no, ksh, wait a second. Jim Ryan is telling me that we're actually going to be able to pre-order these possibly tonight at select retailers. So I'm like, oh, shit. I tell Lauren, I'm like, listen, I don't want the, the series x anymore at launch because halo is not available and i'll explain my my reasoning more here in a few minutes i was like is it okay if i go to gamestop and best buy to see if they're accepting pre-orders for this console and she said absolutely go for it so i get in my car i drove drive over to best buy and i go up to the desk the front desk wearing a mask of course and i say hey um you might not know about this yet, but there was a PlayStation 5 conference and there's word that pre-orders are actually going live at select retailers here soon. So the guy, of course, didn't really know what was going on. So he's like, let me go ask my supervisor. So he comes back and says, yeah, he just told me that pre-orders are going to be going live tomorrow here. So the supervisor comes out and he said, yeah, man, definitely try and get here as early as you can. We still don't have the details of when, We're allowed to accept pre-orders and sell them. What I can tell you is that right now, we're not accepting pre-orders. So said, okay, not a big deal. Then I walk over to GameStop. You know, we're, we're friends with the people at GameStop. And it's the same two people that, quite honestly, I cannot stand. Be nice to your retail people, please, because they deserve all the respect in the world. However, at the same time, I think we, as the people shopping at those stores, also deserve a certain amount of respect. Maybe I'm wrong. But I walk in there and, you know, they say, how's it going? And I said, it's going wonderfully. Literally, that's what I said. And I said, hey, the PlayStation and the older gentleman there says, nope. And I was, uh, I said, what? He said, no, we when we know, you will know. I didn't even get to say PlayStation 5. And he just shut me down. And then he just turned his back and started stocking Xbox One controllers. What a prick. So I said, alright, well, you're definitely not getting my dollars, I'm going back home and I'm going to wait until hopefully someone has more details about when we can expect this console, or when pre-orders are going to go live. So I'm sitting uh, in our family room, scrolling Twitter, and out of nowhere, Wario64, which if you're not following him on Twitter, you absolutely should be, he somehow has all the inside details about the best deals in video games. He says, pre-orders are live right now at Walmart. I was like, what? So I click the link. And as soon as I click it, it says um, product no longer available. And I'm like, he literally just, he, he just posted this seconds ago. How could this already be out of stock? And I clicked it again and it took me to the digital console, which is not the one I want. I wanted the standard disk system. And he, a few minutes later, posted another link separating the two and said, hey, here's the link to the digital console. Here's the link to the um, the physical console. And I was very fortunate to have gotten a console. Um, it took a couple clicks. Uh, you know, when I was checking out it the first time I said place order, it said have a, having trouble processing it, try again later. And then I clicked it again and it said product no longer available. And then I clicked it a third or fourth time. And Lauren's looking right over my shoulder as I'm doing this. And she too is just freaking out about it because um, you know there's a lot of hype and excitement center or you know centered around trying to get this machine. Um, and then on the fourth or fifth click, it finally went through. It said order processed. I have the order number. I got an email notification from Walmart saying that I secured a PlayStation Five. It's going to be delivered on November twelfth. Um, but I don't trust any of these retailers as far as I can throw them. And there's no other way to describe this entire pre-order situation. Other than it's a colossal shit show, right? I mean, I don't know who's at fault because I think at the very least, I think it's unforgivable that PlayStation didn't have a clear messaging as to, one, some of these games and when we could expect them. I can forgive that at the end of the day. Jeff Keighley... You know, get on your soapbox and start tweeting about when we can expect these games and that, you know, Miles Morales and Demon's Souls and all these games are launch titles. That's not where I have a problem. What I have a problem with is that Sony created such a chaotic situation on Twitter and for all of these retailers that are probably losing their minds in customer service, answering all kinds of calls about, hey, I was in queue, it kicked me out, I couldn't get one, and at the end of the day, it's not their fault. Um, the only thing that is kind of questionable, and I hope, you know, the Jason Triers of the world have uh, an article to come out here in the coming weeks or months about how all of this went down. I don't know if retailers prematurely opened up the floodgates and said, hey, everyone flood our sites and pre-order these consoles now, or if Sony, um, never intended that to be the case, but because of some backend logic, it just allowed the retailers to do that it remains to be seen. I don't know who's at fault, but the whole thing is just—it was a shit show. It was absolute chaos, uh, and I feel for the people that didn't were not able to secure a console, and then the people that are not ready to fork down $500, you know, right away. They needed a couple weeks to prepare, or at least some time to prepare, move money in bank accounts, or not ready to put $500 down right away because some retailers charge. As soon as you place the order, other retailers charge after the this console ships. It's just a, an absolute nightmare, and I don't know what Sony was thinking. Um, obviously, coming away from the conference, I'm applauding them for all the games they showed and the game experiences that I can expect moving forward. But at the end of the day, this was just fucked, and I I, I don't know how you come away from this. And certainly, it's it's going to be um, a pretty a pretty big dark spot on them going into the holiday season with people, you're you're never going to forget this, right? I mean, this is almost a repeat of the Wii situation when everyone was trying to get a Wii console, you know, 15 years ago, and no matter where you went, you couldn't get one. People were lined up in the thick of winter or uh, November whenever it ended up launching, and no one can get a system, so... It's rough it sucks I'm not really happy about it and I'm sure a lot of people are not but um, you know kudos to Microsoft for having a plan however you know I don't know if it's gonna be a whole lot better for them on Tuesday because you know yesterday Walmart even said hey at 6 p.m. Pacific time we're gonna have a whole nother round of pre-orders where people can come in at this specific time window and pre-order machine and you know what within 10 seconds gone. By the time you logged in, they were already sold out. So, scalpers be scalpers, bots be bots, and I don't know if it's going to be any different on Tuesday with the Series X and Series S. Um, I hope it's not like this. I hope the people that want a machine can get one. Um, maybe it's just a current state of uh, the world, you know, limited run games runs into the same thing, even the analog pocket, when that went on pre-order, it was gone in five minutes earlier this year, so... It's, it's tough, and I, I feel for all the people out there, um, yeah, it, it was just a messed up situation. There's there's no, I don't care how you dice it. it, it was just a shit show. Let me take another swig here of coffee. Okay, let's try and reel things back in here. Uh, staying on the positivity train of this PlayStation 5 conference and still looking forward to the future of Series X and all that good stuff. The one thing I did kind of want to talk a little bit about is um, this this PlayStation Plus collection of games that they showed at the tail end of the conference, leading into the God of War Ragnarok trailer. I saw a lot of people, um, you know, tweeting that it was a weak response or answer uh, or counter, however you want to describe it, to uh, Game Pass. You know, Xbox's. Um, service where you have hundreds of games at your fingertips at all times uh, as long as you're subscribed to the service and i just party a one here this is just rusty's opinion this isn't their response or answer to game pass sony is not trying to compete with microsoft and game pass that is microsoft swim lane Sony has their own swim lane, and Nintendo has their own swim lane. At this point, I think it's pretty clear that all three of these consoles, these three companies, are going in very different directions in terms of what they're trying to accomplish and the games they're trying to create and the services they're offering. However, I think it's very impressive that day one, uh, when you buy the PlayStation 5, you have 18 amazing games to download on your machine and can play right out of the box as long as you're subscribed to PlayStation Plus. Now, before I go down the list, uh, Shuhei Yoshida, which if you're not familiar with him, he's the absolute man. He retweeted an article uh, from GamesRadar, and I do want to read just kind of a snippet of that because uh, they kind of go into the details of like, uh, well, the headline of the article is literally, PlayStation Plus Collection is no Xbox Game Pass for PS5, but it is the next best thing. The PlayStation Plus collection is the perfect entry point for first-time PlayStation owners. And I think that's the key. Because for me, before I get into this article and go down the list of games, uh, a quick explanation, because I know in the previous episode, and previous episodes, I was talking about being more on the Series X train at launch than I was the PlayStation 5. And there were a number of different reasons for that. Um, I I think one of the biggest ones is that I thought the PlayStation 5 was going to come in come in at around $600, which was just going to be too much. 500 was the tipping point. I was not going to go above that. Anything below would have been great, but I wanted to get that disc system. And for Series X, with Halo not being at launch, it really would have just been a backwards compatibility machine for me. I have a, a small uh, little collection of Xbox One games, Rise, Son of Rome, Sunset Overdrive, Halo Guardians, Uh, Rare Replay, of course. I want to play all those games, and I would love all that Game Pass has to offer as well. Um, But when you bump that up to games like Sackboy's Big Adventure, Miles Morales, Demon's Souls Remake, and Astro's Playroom, those are the games that I want to pay $500 to play. And I really kind of had to ask myself right after the the PlayStation 5 showcase because I had such little time to figure out whether I was going to pre-order a PlayStation 5 or wait until Tuesday uh, to pre-order the Series X. Really kind of two questions. You know, if I'm putting down $500 plus after tax for a machine, uh, what can I expect and realistically look forward to in the next 12 months, right? Because you're buying this console to play games. And for me... I have four games right out of the box that I'm really interested in playing um, that are I consider next generation games where with the series X I would be getting I'd be literally playing an Xbox one launch game in Rise Son of Rome and a bunch of the offerings on game Pass and for me again party of one here uh, I look at game Pass as I-, I liken it to my Netflix queue. I love Netflix, but 95% of the time whenever I boot it up, I look at all the new things added to Netflix, I'm like, oh, wow, look, they added the Indiana Jones trilogy, oh, wow, there's this new series called Dark, people are comparing it to Lost, it's probably really good, I'll add it to my watch queue, oh, look, they have the Mission Impossible films, oh, they have all this fun stuff, oh, look, I'll look at all these original films and content that they added to Netflix, and I add it to my watch queue, but then I end up watching The Office, Gilmore Girls, or Grey's Anatomy with Lauren. Because that's just, it's comfort food, right? You put on Netflix at the end of a day, and that's what you're going to do. You're going to go back to the things that you love. And I don't really make use of the service as much as I probably pay for it. And I think it would be very similar to Game Pass for me, where I wouldn't make as much use out of it as I am dollars put in. Um, Obviously, I'm making my money back if I play a $60 game at launch, and I'm paying $10 a month. Um, But I think there's just a certain something, or there's something special about, for me still... You know, going into a store and grabbing Miles Morales off the shelf uh, and p- putting down fifty dollars because I know I'm gonna play the hell out of that game, Demon Souls as well, where I'm gonna make sure I get every ounce of dollar out of that seventy dollar experience that I paid for. If that makes sense. But again, one year from now, I'm picking up a Series X. We're gonna squad up in Halo uh, Infinite. I want to play Sea of Thieves. Forza Horizon, Gears of War 4 and 5, Rare Replay. I want to play all those games and I want to get make use of Game Pass. But in terms of a next generation console and getting that next generation experience, I feel like PlayStation is going to cater more to my gaming interests than the Series X is. And that's all there is to it. If you're getting a Series X on Tuesday, hell yeah, man. High five. Go for it. We're all about video games here. At the end of the day, wherever you want to play the games... Who cares? Just play video games. Video games are fucking awesome. And that's really all that matters at the end of the day. But for me, I just wanted to kind of provide a little brief, you know, explanation, if you will, as to why um, kind of PlayStation 5 pushed me over the edge, if you will. But getting back to this article, again, this is on Games Radar that uh, this little PlayStation Plus, Plus collection is, is no Game Pass, which I completely agree, um, but it is the next best thing. So... Let's credit the, the author, Alex Avard, says, From day one of the PS5's launch, PS Plus subscribers will be able to instantly download and play from a curated collection of some of the best PS4 games via PS5 backwards compatibility. A selection of PS4 exclusives and multi-platform titles that t- together number a total of 18 at the time of this writing. For longtime PlayStation fans, it's a fantastic option to replay PS4 classics with fresh eyes, not to mention improved frame rates, resolutions, and loading times, potentially transforming the relationship with the game all over again. The prospect of revisiting Bloodborne's Yarnum or Fallout 4's Boston suddenly becomes a lot more attractive when you realize you won't be accumulating hours of your time watching a loading screen after every death or transition to the PlayStation space, for example. Which I actually didn't know, and I think that was one of the larger questions coming away from that um, showcase, was really twofold. Um, are these games going to be up-res in any, in any sense of the word, or are they just going to be direct ports playable on your PlayStation 5? Well, that article just answered, and it linked to another article explaining that they are going to be um, graphically improved, load times will be shortened, and they'll run a lot better than they did on the PS4. Uh, and the second question coming away from that is, are these the only 18 games that are backwards compatible on the machine? Uh, and the answer is No. So, CEO Jim Ryan at PlayStation said that they tested thousands of PlayStation 4 games in 95, 95 I think is what he said, maybe even said 99, I can't, yeah it was 99, apologize for the update thing, Um, but he said 99% of the PlayStation 4 games were backwards compatible, or will be backwards compatible on the PlayStation 5. Now, whether that means I can actually take, you know, Final Fantasy 10, 10, 2 Remaster and plug that disc into my PS5 and it works, or if these are strictly uh, digital downloads that you have to download on your machine and repay for them, we don't really know the details, at least I don't at the time of this recording. I hope it's the case where I can just pop my Bloodborne disc in and it works out of the box. I don't actually have to download it and make use of the PlayStation Plus service for that but uh remains to be seen it sucks you know that we don't have backwards compatibility with the PlayStation 1 2 and 3 that really blows um however i think that's a pipe dream uh as much as i love the uh, accessibility and convenience of backwards compatibility um the purpose of me buying a next generation machine is to play the next greatest game right uh to have the backwards compatibility is a great convenience um but I'm not paying $500 to replay. Uh, I don't know. Take your pick of you know Metal Gear Solid or or Spyro or Final Fantasy VII, the original. Uh, my PS5. I- I'm buying the PS5 or I'm buying the Series X to play Halo Infinite or Cyberpunk 2077 or Miles Morales or The Demon Souls remake. So that's just my thoughts. But again always entertaining others so people i'm sure will be giving me a lot of flack in the discord like rusty you playstation fanboy uh no i love video games and again i'm squatting up with everyone in a year from now in halo infinite and it's going to be a hell of a good time but uh quickly i'll run down the list of these playstation plus collection games and then uh what do you say we bring a little person called lauren friend of the show wife of mine sister of ryan's Uh, We got a lot to talk about, but this list of games here going down the list, uh, the first 11 that I'm reading are actually PlayStation exclusives. Uh, The latter seven are uh, multi-platform, which I think is a big deal if you just had 18 multi-platform games what's the use but i think 11 exclusive games that came out on the over the course of the playstation 4 generation is a big deal especially for someone that maybe missed out on the ps4 and they really want to play miles morales or demon souls remake they buy the ps5 day one they have a playstation plus subscription they get 18 games out of the box that even if you just slop a price tag of ten dollars a game that's 180 to 200 plus value of games there. That's, that, that's a good that's a pretty big big deal, in my opinion. But we got God of War from 2018, Bloodborne, Persona 5, Infamous Second Son, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. I think kind of a big miss that they don't have the Nathan Drake collection here, but whatever. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, Until Dawn, The Last Guardian, a surprising choice there. Detroit Become Human, Day is Gone, The Last of Us Remastered, And uh, I think those are the only exclusive games to PlayStation consoles. But uh, the latter seven here, we got Resident Evil 7, Monster Hunter World, Batman Arkham Knight, Battlefield 1, Mortal Kombat X, Final Fantasy 15, and Fallout 4. That's a great value. 18 games, day one, right out of the box. Uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Uh, I hope everyone is just excited for the next generation of consoles. I don't care what you're getting, uh, you know, if you can afford to buy into the next generation of consoles, let's all just have a merry good time playing new games on a new machine. It's just going to be good times. I'm looking forward to getting the PS5 in two months to play uh, Miles Morales, Demon Souls, Sackboy's Big Adventure, and, uh, you know, Astro's Playroom uh, comes pre-installed on the machine that'll, uh, I think, really showcase the DualSense controller and uh, 3D audio. So I ended up pre-ordering those three games. I pre-ordered the headphones uh, because I think that that's really going to enhance the experience. I don't think Sony has been advertising the DualSense controller and 3D audio enough and how it really helps, um, you know, increase the immersion of these games that we're going to be playing. Um, You know, another critique of PlayStation for many people coming away from this was that like, oh, Miles Morales is playable on PS4. Oh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West is playable on PS4. Why in the world would you buy into the next generation if that's the case? Um, One, I, I applaud PlayStation for bringing those games to PlayStation 4 because that means more people can play those games that aren't ready or don't have the current funds to invest the next generation. Let's let's face it, people. This has been a hell of a year. Money's tight for a lot of people, so. I think if more people can play those games, that's a wonderful thing. I don't know why we're critiquing that. Uh, But for the people that do invest in the next generation, then they get an enhanced experience with the DualSense controller and the 3D audio. Everyone wins at that point. You know, I don't know why people are critiquing that and throwing criticism at them. Xbox is doing the same fucking thing with all their games. They're not going to have any exclusive titles for the Series X for probably two plus years. So, you know, both people are doing the same thing. More people get to play Halo Infinite on the Xbox One and Series X, that's a good thing. We shouldn't be critiquing that people. Um, and I'll get off my soapbox about that. But um, what a whirlwind of an hour talking about the PlayStation 5 showcase. I apologize. I feel like I'm underwater right now. My head is so full of just gross snot and all that nasty stuff. Um, so hopefully my incoherent ramblings have been entertaining for people, um, little all over the place. So I apologize. I tried to, to keep my notes, uh, as succinct as possible, but you know, Rusty typically rambles on the podcast, even when Ryan's on. So, uh, I kind of opened the floodgates for chaos when, uh, nobody was here to kind of rein me back in. But again, curious where people are at with the next generation of games, please get in the discord and let me know. Uh, let Ryan and I know, let the whole community know. Are you investing in the next gen? Or are you just taking a back seat for a while and catching up on your backlog? There's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, I was really close to doing that until Sony came out of nowhere and said, hey, these are all the games you can expect at launch. But again, there's no shortage of games that we can play uh, on the Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation consoles right now. It's just a great time to be a gamer, right? But speaking of gamers, what do you say we bring on again? I've teased it the whole episode here. Lauren, my wife, I want to pick her brain about her recent endeavors with photography. She started a gaming Instagram account that I'd love to pick her brain about. What she's doing over there, and if you're not following her, you absolutely should. Gizmo's Game Room, I'm sure we'll plug it again later in the show. We'll see what she's playing, what game she's looking forward to. And uh, since she's going to take ownership over the PS4... Um, you know once i get the playstation 5 uh you know i'm curious to hear what she's excited to play on that as well but uh all right why don't we listen to some tunes to take us into the back half of the show everyone we are here with the main topic of the show with the best person that i know lauren welcome back to the Otaka brothers podcast how you doing
1: good it's been a while it's been what like 80 episodes since i've been on here
0: yeah i was talking earlier in the episode that uh we had you on for episode 10 where we talked about disney stuff Mm -hmm. we were ranking some of our favorites and then uh when ryan was in japan about a year and a half ago for work We recorded an episode called like Milk Thistles, My Best Friend. Oh, yeah. Remember we went through Ryan's Twitter feed from like 10 years ago or whatever.
1: I totally forgot about that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So basically, as I talked, I'm sick. Ryan's sick. There was no sense in him coming over here and getting everyone more sick. And so I thought, what the heck? Let's get Gizmo back on the podcast. Let's see how she's doing. Let's see what game she's playing, what game she's looking forward to. Um, but I think the first thing I want to kick off the show asking you about is, uh, this little Instagram account you got going (laughs) on, right? You know, you, you talked a couple months ago that, um, you know, when I started my Twitch streaming stuff, you were like, Hey, I want to do something myself. I want to, you know, go on and embark on my own little content creation journey, if you will. And you might hear Scoob in the background, by the way, he's, he's very pouty that we're not giving him the attention that he so rightfully deserves. Right, Scooby snack. Yeah, he (laughs) knows what's up. But, um, but yeah, you were excited. You were like wanted to just take over the world by storm and say, I want to start a YouTube channel. I want to start streaming on Twitch. I want to start vlogging and doing all these things. And I well, said, I don't uh, think
1: vlogging was in there. But yeah, well,
0: you know, I like to hype things up. You, you got to get more dramatic, you know. You're my hype guy. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, you kind of settled on. Uh, I mean, you bought a camera about a year and a half ago before we went to Alaska. Uh, you wanted to get into photography. And it's like, well, why don't you kind of blend photography with with gaming in a unique way? Um, which kind of led down that path. So please let us know, like, what kind of sparked that interest and uh, what's it all about? Yeah. So
1: I have seen your passion for, you know, your YouTube days and now the podcast and now streaming. And it just got me excited about um, having a platform like that as well. Um, when I looked into YouTube and then streaming, I thought that would be a lot to take on Mm -hmm. right away, especially doing a master's program and working. So I settled on something a little bit more within my comfort zone, which is Instagram. So, um, it kind of blends my passion of photography. Um, I don't use my professional camera as much as I probably should. Um, I use my work phone. Um, but it's just fun. It's fun to interact with people on that platform and it's a great little gaming community. So we have enough games and, um, Different well, things no, that no, we can no, take. Well,
0: hold on a oh, second, You bear.
1: have enough games? No,
0: no. You can never have enough games is what I think you meant to say.
1: Well, we have plenty to take pictures of. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I, I know that we uh, keep getting eBay packages in the mail. I have so no idea
0: what you're talking about. We
1: keep adding to the collection. Um, so it's just been fun. Um, I'm trying to steer clear of looking at you know, followers or likes in comparison and just posting what I want to post and being authentic. So... Um, it's been a lot of fun over the last, what, month and a half or two months.
0: Yeah, no, it really has been. It's been fun to kind of see you get all excited about it. and <laughs> um, You know, you run your your posts by me every single time before you post. Like, hey, can you proofread this? Or, hey, Rusty, I know nothing about the PlayStation Vita. Can you caption this? And you know, I, I write something up or whatever. Uh, but it's kind of been kind of fun, like tag teaming some of it. But you certainly just taking ownership and running with it. And again, just seeing you get excited about it, similar to like when I first kickstarted the podcast with Ryan, the logo, Jason Heine doing the intro, it's just, there's a whole slew of things that really kind of get you going and kind of jacked up about it. But I guess, did you ever anticipate... Before like we get into like the followers or any of that kind of stuff, because that's just after the fact. You're there to have fun. But did you ever anticipate like the whole gaming partner thing? Or no,
1: that was totally new and kind of weird to me. Um, so I started a brand new Instagram account. I have my personal one still, and then I have the gaming one just to kind of keep them separate. Um, because the few times that I have posted like artwork about like nerdy stuff on my personal one i've like lost followers so i get like three likes so i'm like this isn't probably the same thing with me i posted place. like
0: last of us part two and final fantasy seven remake on my personal instagram and no one really cared
1: yeah yeah i mean it's all just friends from college and like family who who are not really into gaming so i just just started to decided to start fresh mm-hmm. um with gizmo's game room and uh it's been a lot of fun um yeah i don't know what was your question
0: No I was just asking about the whole gaming partner thing like at what point did that start and were you just getting random messages from people across the world like?
1: Yeah it was weird um so the gaming partner thing I just started following a bunch of gaming people um and then getting into the gaming community and everyone posted on their stories Mm -hmm. and I historically haven't posted on my story on my personal Instagram um and so it was just basically like calling out other people and then I started looking at like the descriptions of their pictures and it said gaming partners. Mm. So I didn't know like what that was. And eventually someone asked me to be their gaming partner. And I was like, well, this is probably like, I guess how it works. You just reach out to them and private message them. And so I did that to a couple people. And now I have uh, some good friends on Instagram. That's so, really
0: neat. Yeah, I mean, it's almost interesting how I would compare that to the YouTube gaming community that once was where it was everyone kind of coming together with this mutual love and interest of video games. Um, but I think that the difference with, with with the Instagram thing is that it's not a whole, it's not really about like, look how great my collection is. It's more like, how can I make a photo of Joy-Con controllers on the Switch, like aesthetically <laughs> pleasing and really cool to look at. Yeah. And I think it's been cool, like seeing you stage the pictures in very interesting ways and and you could literally, if you wanted to, take a hundred pictures of all the Switch games we have, but have them staged in just different ways, uh, angle them differently, have different backdrops for the pictures. Um, so yeah, it's been fun to watch you do that.
1: Yeah, it's it's been like a fun creative outlet. Some people take like professional photos of their Joy-Cons, um, not really there yet, but Um, It's fun for Joy-Con Sunday just to see people's collection and people will do artwork on their own Mm Joy-Cons and um, have different skins for their Switches. So, yeah, it's more about like aesthetics, which is strange. And then people get into like what games they're playing. And it's just fun because people ask questions and you can interact with them pretty well. So, yeah, it's a fun platform.
0: That's awesome. And I love, too, how you kind of almost transitions seasons with the pictures and the way they look and the feel of them. So like now you're kind of making them really cozy, kind of the fallish theme. theme. Um, well, I noticed
1: that I had a lot of like bright whites, blues, and then my yellow switch. Mm-hmm. So it was a very cold background, um, which worked fine for me for a while. But then I wanted to transition to something more cozy. So I tried not to do a hard stop. I like yeah. took your sweater and it was like a blue and a gray sweater mm-hmm. um, around your jewelry cons yeah. to make it kind of look cozy. And then that was like my... Hard transition into fall, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I enjoy it. You have this, I have that. Yeah,
0: yeah, we have our own little outlets, and it's just fun to be able to pursue those. Um, I guess guess encourage each other in that. But do you have like any like what's the next step for Gizmo? Do you have any ideas of of how you'd like to bridge the Instagram and like a Twitch thing or a YouTube thing? Do you have any ideas cooking?
1: we need to get through this whole house thing first and oh, the then, house. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, finish a master's program first before oh, yeah, I would, would pursue program, any yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tend to uh, put a lot on myself. So um, I don't want to start something up and then just lose steam really quickly, um, which is sometimes what I do. So I'm trying to set boundaries with my excitement for things. Um, but I think the next step for me would probably be getting into not necessarily twitch i think you have probably a better uh, presence for that than i do um but i think something like making the artwork for your background Mm, or like mm -hmm. profile pictures for people i would love to do more of the art side um but i don't know what that looks like probably getting an ipad and and like iPad Pencil or whatever they're called.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just throw an eye with a lowercase i in the front of anything. Apple's got it trademarked.
1: Yeah, Apple Pencil, maybe that's what it's called. But there are some really cool apps um, and some of my friends do stuff like that. So I think that would be a fun platform. I could just curl up and listen to other people stream and just draw for days.
0: No, I think that's definitely more up your alley than um, you know getting in front of a microphone and and a camera and streaming on Twitch. If you want to do that, absolutely. I'll support you in that. It'll be fun times. And I'm sure um, people will show up for it, you know. Maybe I mean, someday. certainly the Otakabos community, they love you and... Um, oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> it'd be fun to to kind of see. I mean, we'll, of course, do streams together in the future at some point when I have a better setup. But but awesome. That's that's good stuff. Well, you did drop a little a little <laughs> teaser, a little tidbit there about the house. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big project. Um, so the crazy thing, people, is that, you know, we've kind of taken the Discord and this podcast community on this whole journey of, of potential homeownership. You know, Lauren and I, um, we got pre-approved, as we said, a couple episodes back about um, three or four weeks ago.
1: Probably like a month and a half ago. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay.
0: Time is an illusion at this yeah, point.
1: It all runs together.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, so funny, you're going to get the behind the scenes details of of this house. So. Couple weeks back, you know, we get pre-approved, we're super excited, that way we can kind of pull the trigger in a house when we find one that we like. Well... Well,
1: well, some context here, like, the housing market's crazy. Yeah. So, like, typically there are, like, 12,000 houses on the market um, right now in our area, and right now there are, like, 2,000. So, um, houses go in, like, two days. So, if you're not pre-approved and ready to go, like, you'll just miss out on the houses. Game over. So, I didn't even want to look until we were pre-approved. Yeah. But... Anyway, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, it's all good here. Uh, feel free to interrupt me just like you always do. I always out, do. I don't know, outside the context mm-hmm. of the podcast. <laughs> um, but no, so that day, it was a Thursday and you found, found the house and am like, I love it. And we got, um, I like got time window to go check it out. And uh, I was like, girl, I'm streaming. I'm going to, I'm going to stream tonight. Whoa. It's going to be great
1: here's the thing so i've wanted a house for like my whole life it's kind of like wanting a dog i i just have talked about it and dreamed about it for a long time um so over the past what like a year yeah. i have just kept sending you zillow um little links to houses and i'm like oh i love this portion of this house and this one and you're just like oh yeah okay um we're like you know we just re-signed our lease so thanks for the thanks for the link to zillow um
0: I always entertain the list. Yeah, you always. You know, I I flip through or at least pretend to. Yeah, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Just give me a warm fuzzy about it and say like, okay, bye. Um, No, but I think I've always just been like super excited about it. I've always watched like house hunter shows, so it's been fun for me. Um, But then I saw this house and I was like, I'm so excited! Like, I reached out to the realtor that day, saying like, is there a potential to go and see it? And you were streaming, so you were like, are you good to just go and see it? We're probably going to see like 20 houses before we find the one that we really like. So, you know, I trust your judgment if you want to go. Yeah. So I was like, sure, why not? I'll go. Um, We typically agree on what we like and what we don't like anyway. So um, I went with the realtor and I was like, this is the house. Like, my husband's not here, but this is the house. Like, the backyard sold me. Um, well, and it backyard. didn't help
0: matters that my, my Twitch stream crapped out within 20 minutes Yeah, anyways, you should have so. just
1: been there anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I walked through it, and I'm like, there are little things that we would need to touch up. But um, location I loved. It's on a cul-de-sac, fenced in backyard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love gardening, so that's like a big plus for me. Um, plenty of room to play in the backyard. Um, yeah, so I came home, and I was like, we need, a, we need to make an offer. <laughs> this is the one. And you're like, well, okay, I haven't seen it yet. Um, but we drafted up something with our realtor and submitted it the next morning and we gave them until 5 p.m. Um, gave the sellers until 5 p.m. to respond. Yeah. Um, and we did that kind of as a negotiation tactic to say like, you know, you have 30 viewings of this house scheduled. So if you want this offer, it's a strong offer, then, you know, we're not just going to wait until you see everyone's offer. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Either you want to take us up on it or not. So, we like went to our local little uh, little bar and we were waiting for the call of whether or not they rejected it or accepted it. Um, and then our realtor Facetimed us. Yeah. And we were like, "Hey, man, um, let us go outside real quick." We're like casually having a drink to either celebrate or just like mourn the loss of this house. Yeah,
0: exactly. And
1: uh, he's like, "Good news, guys! You're in contract." Yeah. And we like didn't know what to do, so.
0: That was weird. Yeah. That was, I mean, it was almost like, not that I can really speak to this because we're not yet, but it's like if a doctor like looks at us and is like, you guys are pregnant. <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> wait, wait, let this me take is, it in. We are adults now. This mm-hmm. is crazy. Um, moving on to the next chapter, yeah. uh, taking that next step. It's huge and it's it's super exciting. It's equally stressful and crazy to think that, you know, next Thursday we will be taking possession of a home and getting the keys, you yeah. know? um, It's been fun though to kind of start purging a lot of the stuff that we have in the one-bedroom apartment uh packing everything up in bins and boxes and and just kind of dreaming you know Mm -hmm. just thinking of all the projects you know one of the first i know like you kind of said you're a big gardener uh and just thinking about like the backyard like what do we want this to be in in five years from now you know we want to strip the deck and have a patio we want to cut some of the trees down and throw some pines up in the back Mm -hmm. to kind of align the fence maybe level out the yard. So it's easier to uh, play tag with the kiddos, you know, some soccer or whatever, you know, years down the line. And um, yeah, it's very exciting. And then certainly just internally, the house itself, uh, you know, when we were kind of walking through when I saw it for the first time, of course, this is after we were already in contract. (laughs) uh, We had a chance to go see it and I immediately fell in love with it. The outside. I love the idea of living in a cul-de-sac. I lived on the when my mom when my parents got divorced, the first house that my mom moved into, it was kind of on the corner of a Mm cul-de-sac. But I just remember like learning how to skateboard, learning how to ride a bike in that cul-de-sac. Like it it felt so safe and cozy and it just felt like um, you couldn't be touched and you couldn't be seen. You know, Mm -hmm. you were just tucked away in your own little world. Uh, And I love the idea of raising kids in that same type of space.
1: Yeah. And I think it was like, kind of a compromise for both of us because I didn't live on a cul-de-sac but my parents did have like a very enclosed private backyard we Mm -hmm. had woods behind us no one could build so like I grew up with that and wanted you know that in a house but then you grew up you know running to each other's like neighbors yards and everything and so you kind of wanted that so I think the house that we ended up with kind of bridged those two like I have the privacy I would want in a fenced in backyard on a cul-de-sac and but we still have Tons of neighbors nearby and um, it looked like pretty young families. So I think they will still be, um, you know, little ones running around in a couple of years that, you know, if we have little ones running around then they will have little friends in the neighborhood. So I think it's bridging both of like our dreams into that um, and kind of stretching like our expectations of what we wanted. So, yeah, yeah I'm excited. I think we can really picture ourselves there. So oh, I hope so. We're but I um, get the keys here. So. What I was getting
0: at too is you know when I was walking through of course the first thing's top of mind for me is like okay there's a kitchen that's cool uh, there's a there's a family lo- room and a living room and the master bedroom's nice and all but like where's Rusty's game room going to go you know and so interesting enough the the master is actually on the first floor you walk up the stairs you take a left down the hallway and there's three rooms and a bathroom upstairs and I walked into each room and none of them like really felt like all right this is going to be the new digs this is going to be the room where you know i'm playing my video games potentially streaming kicking back with ryan and playing some halo co-op and then the first room when you walk down that hallway on your right i started walking around that and that's when i started dreaming and i got Mm -hmm. super excited uh about you know staging the the desk and a shelf with all my games and a couch and maybe mounting a tv in the wall and uh it's just really exciting, you yeah. know, and I'm super pumped. But um, turning it back to you, you <laughs> know, because we want to keep at least one room ready for a nursery mm-hmm. uh, with we we're, we can have fun with it. Right. We don't have anyone else living with us without Scoob, who's super high maintenance and needs an entire room to himself. Whoa. But
1: <laughs> he'll be honestly wherever we are. He's true. the neediest dog. He is. The like if I dog. sit on the couch, he's like on top of me within three seconds. So, yeah. Um. But yeah, I think you'll have your game room which we already have a little couch for um little is not really the right word it's really (laughs) nice yeah um and then we have two other rooms so i'm going back and forth between the rooms right now figuring out which one would be good for painting and i'd love a puzzle table and just um i don't know we're big puzzle people you're not a big fan of puzzles within games but physical puzzles you like Jigsaw puzzles are my jam yeah i'm game for any puzzle um And then just kind of like a reading nook for me, just a place to kind of have quiet time. Um, I do a lot of talking at work and then being an introvert, it's kind of exhausting. So INFJs need
0: need their time alone.
1: Yeah. yeah, INFJs. Yeah. Um, So finding a spot that's kind of my own would be really nice. So and then the other one, since we're both working at home, would probably be temporarily an office and then that would turn into a nursery. Mm hmm. Um, we go back and forth, I think on whether or not to have like a spare bed in there for anyone to stay, but then all of our family is pretty local. So, um, plus you know, we have, we'll have multiple we have couches, couches so, you
0: know, people don't do need to do, plus we, you know, the, the, the rooms are carpeted. So
1: yeah, they can just sleep on the floor. <laughs> yeah. You know, go, you know, who
0: cares? You know, just throw a our sleeping bag friends. down there. It's all good. Yeah.
1: I mean, the couches are really comfortable. So if nothing else, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're really excited. I just, I get you know, I'm a planner. So I don't know if you all know that, but Rusty certainly knows oh, that I'm yeah. a planner. So really one of the first things I said um, in my wedding vows was, I appreciate <laughs> the planner bring you, and back you to but Earth.
0: I'll be reeling you back in.
1: Yeah. So I have all these ideas, you know, floating around in my head, but then I start making a spreadsheet of what it's going to cost to do all those. So, um, we're trying to plan it out and figure out what we want first. Um, so I think that was your game couch and then the washer dryer. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to kind of like scope it out and make a little spot for each of us and then maybe find a spot for Scooby. I think mm-hmm. outside will honestly just be his his realm.
0: So. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to get a fenced-in backyard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things where you kind of have to just really figure out what's an essential and what's just gravy on top after that. And I think, you know, a finished basement would have been gravy. I think one of the essentials was a fenced-in backyard for kids and Scoob. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm glad, we, I'm glad we could secure that because it's going to be, like, I can't wait to just see Scoob Run hog wild in the back <laughs> and just have his space to do whatever the heck he wants. Yeah, just run around like a little crazy person.
1: And I'm sure he will.
0: Yeah, he but absolutely will. That's
1: definitely something that we wanted, um, whether we put it in ourselves or it came with the house. But I'm definitely glad that we don't have to do that ourselves now.
0: Yeah, me so. too. All right. Well, enough about home ownership. I think what the good people want to hear about is video games, and certainly uh, the video games that you've been playing recently, but. Before I do that, you know, I just spent like an hour talking about the PlayStation 5 and how excited I am, mm. and I kind of capped off that discussion by saying that, you know, recently you've been kind of putting a bug in my ear, like, Rusty, I really want to play these games on the PlayStation 4, um, but that's kind of like, with our one bedroom apartment, it's tough because I'm <laughs> I'm kind of gaming out here playing the PlayStation 4, and you're usually uh, playing the Switch. I but. don't want
1: to say you monopolize it, but I also haven't touched the PS4, besides movies in like two years, so... <laughs>
0: That's very I, true. I, I
1: exclusively play the Switch right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of games that I've been dying to play um, that I've watched you and Ryan play typically, um, but I pulled some off the shelf if you want me Ooh, to go through them.
0: Please share with us. What games? So is there like one singular game that you really want to pop in the PlayStation 4 as soon as I get lost up in the game room and never come out and stop showering <laughs> and just play the PlayStation 5 forever? I
1: probably won't see you for like a month. I'll just, like, slide food under the door.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it in advance. Um,
1: but there there are three that I am, like, dying to play, and then there are four that I'm, like, excited um, so I can go through them. I think the first one I'll play is probably Uncharted. Um, oh, yeah, I've like been, the Lost like, Legacy? Or
0: not Lost Legacy like collection. The yeah, Nathan Drake collection.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched Ryan play through a lot of them. Um, growing up, I would just sit and watch them like movies. He would Mm -hmm. just go through because it plays like a storyline. It really does. Yeah. Nolan,
0: uh, Mr. Apoc has been streaming them and I mean, it's comfort food gaming for me. I love watching people play Uncharted. I love playing the games myself, played through the trilogy earlier this year for like the umpteenth time. Mm -hmm. They're just good times.
1: Yeah. I, I haven't gone through them myself. So, um, that's probably the one that I'm most excited for. Um, or I guess the series that I'm most excited for. And then the other two that I really want to play are God of War and then Horizon. Um, God of War, I love the third one, but I haven't played the fourth. So I've watched you play some of it. Um, I don't think you finished it yet, though. I haven't played or like actually watched you play very much of it. God of War? Yeah, it has great reviews, though.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, especially with Ragnarok, the second game recently being teased during the conference, which I talked about earlier. Uh, Yeah, no, I started playing that on stream, but that's just one of those games where... That's a game you play off stream, Mm -hmm. you know, especially because there's just so many little things that you're going to miss. If you're actually trying to engage with your audience, it's a tough game to stream.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a tough choice when you chose that one to stream. Um, And then Horizon just is a beautiful game that I haven't had the opportunity to play yet. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm excited about those Three in particular, um, and then a couple just like casual games that I'd want to play. I saw that you had Dragon Quest Builders. I thought that would kind of be fun. Oh yeah, um, I still haven't even played that. Yeah, it, it doesn't have the wrapping on it, which is not good. But well,
0: you know, I, I like to kind of give this this false sense that
1: make me think that you're playing the game. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then one that you speak very highly of that I haven't had the chance to play is Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. So you have that one which i would like to play and then nina cooney Hmm. um and then the spyro little remastered trilogy yeah
0: Yeah. no, those games are all right up your alley i think you know i I have a pretty good idea of your taste in games it's been fun both you and ryan to get you guys uh, interested in playing games that you otherwise maybe wouldn't have Mm. uh, you know if i didn't come to the picture (laughs) okay
1: i mean there's still some that like I enjoy watching you guys play Mm -hmm. that I would never want to play, like uh, Bloodborne and some of those games that just I think I would throw the controller at the screen or something. I'd be so frustrated. Well, I
0: still throw the controller at the screen. (laughs) Please don't. Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, I I enjoy watching you guys because I think you're a lot more um, skilled for it than I am, but I enjoy the storyline. So even just like horror games, I don't really enjoy Mm -hmm. um but some of them i enjoy watching you like uh what was the one until dawn oh yeah that was great yeah that one i actually enjoyed watching um because it wasn't as much of jump scares as some of the other ones but um the storyline was actually kind of cool because you can you know basically choose who dies um through your actions so i think i gave you advice one time and someone died and i felt really bad yeah (laughs) um i didn't have such
0: a a successful playthrough of until dawn but it was still fun
1: they didn't all make it but Um, still a really good game. So,
0: you know, that's a solid list. I think, uh, Horizon especially will be right up your alley. Um, Aloy is one of my favorite characters, probably one of my favorite female protagonists in any video game, if not my favorite, obviously very excited for Forbidden West, the second game. Uh, and after playing through Horizon, having put five to eight hours into Breath of the Wild... I really feel like Horizon is what I wanted out of a Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild yeah. game, out of an open-world uh, Zelda game that Breath of the Wild is. Uh, it's just, for me, I mean, any Zelda game, it doesn't matter which one it is, I pretty much always need to play those games with a guide. And I, especially in my time with Breath of the Wild, I never felt like I was really accomplish anything, mm-hmm. co- accomplishing anything. And while it's a beautiful world, I don't really know if I was having a ton of fun exploring it. Yeah, um, and that's just just me, you know. I don't know if that game's ever really gonna click with me, but with Horizon, I always felt like I was accomplishing something, and especially being a big fan of dinosaurs growing up as a kid and loving the Jurassic Park films. Uh, seeing robotic, mechanical dinosaurs and other kinds of wild creatures like that uh, roaming this open world uh, just enhance that sense of immersion and love for the game. And I think you're going to just equally fall in love with it. Uh, and the way the story plays out, too, is just, it's it's really, really good.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. I did start Breath of the Wild, but it's a game that I really want to love, but I just hasn't clicked for me yet either. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not very far, but If I'm like five hours in and need a guide, it just, it ruins it a little bit for me. It takes you Um, out of the experience. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing homework because I'm like pulling up a book and then like reading where I'm at. Um, It's fun to grind, but I feel like directionally challenged a little bit in it. So um, it does pull me out of the storyline.
0: Good stuff. Well, outside of your excitement playing the PlayStation 4, which those are just the physical games. I have like over... 200 stinking downloaded games on the PS4. So you're going to be sitting pretty with plenty of games to play over the next many, many years. You
1: might not see me for a couple months, too. That's
0: fine. You know, I would love for it. <laughs> hey. I'd love for there to be a time where I come down for dinner, you know, after playing some games in the game room. I'm like, hey, like, let, let's cook dinner. And you're just like, no, 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 no. I'm,
1: we can order I'm a pizza busy. tonight. Yeah. We're both exactly. playing games. Because you're
0: just so invested in Horizon or, uh, you know, whatever game it is. Yeah. I think The Last of Us would be fun to watch you play through that as well.
1: Yeah, that's one that I didn't pull, but I meant to. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go through both of those as well.
0: Yeah, and honestly, so. I don't even know whether I'm going to go back and get the platinum trophy anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be fun just to kind of relive the experience vicariously through you watching you play.
1: I'm probably um, going to just be bawling my eyes out. Like, I know obviously what happens in mm-hmm. the second one from watching you play, but, or at least listening to you tell me, like, all the plot Recount points the experience. But, yeah. um like i have such a good relationship with my dad so any father-daughter relationship whether it's in a movie or a game just like pulls up my heartstrings mm-hmm. so um knowing how that plays out i'm probably just going to be a mess in the second game well but i think I especially think
0: gonna- you know um not we're going to try and avoid spoilers as, as much as we possibly can here uh and we're not gonna talk about the story for last of us at all but i think they're both games that um are really worth experiencing with another person because yeah. there is so much to digest. Uh, it is very emotionally heavy uh, in both games. So to kind of have another person there that you can constantly have an ongoing dialogue with, like, where are you at with this? How do you feel about this? Because the game makes you feel a lot of things, yeah. you know? So, um, well, awesome. You know, we, in about two months, we will have uh, the PlayStation 5 and you will be able to uh, take ownership, take of ownership the possession of the PS4. <laughs> yeah. Um, That'll be good times. But outside of that, what else uh, have you been playing when uh, you can't, I won't relinquish control of the PS4?
1: (laughs) So I've been on the Switch. Um, I have a couple different games going. The one that I've been playing the longest is Dragon Quest. Mm, Eleven. Eleven. And I've probably put 70 hours into it now. And I've enjoyed it for the most part. Um, At times, I feel like I'm just aimlessly wandering the map looking for orbs and they get lost again. I look for orbs again. Um, So I don't necessarily understand how some of that ties into the main storyline, but that's a JRPG for you. So um, otherwise I I love just like the battle, um, battles against little slimes and it's just a fun game. So um, I'm just stuck right now because I made it to like the final door and I didn't do a side quest somewhere. So I just like can't open it. Mm -hmm. And so I need to go back through and figure out what I missed. Um, So that's been a deterrent for me finishing it, but I definitely want to, I don't know, I go in waves of excitement about the game. So um, I will finish it, it's but a tough it'll game. take me time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I put 25 to 30 hours into it on the PS4, and I think when it first came out, like I was really excited about the prospect of a new Dragon Quest game, and then when I actually got it, I just don't think I was ready for it, mm-hmm. or wasn't really in the mood to play it. Um, but seeing you play it, like there would have been so many times where I would have been like, "Screw this!" Like I am not
1: <laughs> like going around with the parade or like the circus. And well, no,
0: it's not even that. Like it's random just things. the typical like you feel like the game's about to end, and then yeah. something else happens, and it's just some artificial way to throw thirty extra hours of gameplay at you. um And I don't know. It's been about eight years since I've played Tales of Vesperia. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're gonna love that game a lot more because. One, I feel like you're going to be far more invested in the characters uh, than you are. <laughs> so cute. Repeat's the best. Yuri is the main pipe. protagonist. Yeah. Estelle. It's just a phenomenal cast of characters in that game. A great soundtrack. I prefer the action, more action-focused battle system over mm-hmm. the turn-based battle system of Dragon Quest XI. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, to see where you're at with Tales of a Spirit when we both get around to playing that. Me revisiting it and you playing it for the first time.
1: Yeah yeah i'm surprised to put 70 hours in a dragon quest so far you and me um, both girl yeah i just sometimes i'm in the mood to grind in that game and then sometimes i just put it down for like two months at a time so mm-hmm. it's probably taken me what eight nine months to get that far um yeah. i just go in waves with it but um so that's one of the games that i have going um let's see what else um
0: the little game that i finished earlier uh, yeah, last Witcher, week which are yeah. three mm-hmm. um
1: Yeah, I'm not very far yet, but I really like it so far. Um, So that game came out and I put, what, like a few hours into it. And then I got all the hype for Sunshine and then I switched gears to uh, Super Mario Sunshine. (laughs) Understandably So. so.
0: So just for some context, like maybe just tell the listeners a little about your history playing Super Mario Sunshine on the GameCube.
1: Yeah, so that that was my favorite game growing up. Um, so when I heard that it was coming to the switch, I was so excited. Um, I remember just like watching Ryan play growing up and then like, you know, making my own like save file on it. And that was like the greatest feeling. Um, and I guess a little bit of context, I'm typically not like a big fan of the beach. I really like mountains. Mm -hmm. So I was surprised that I really love this game. Um, but it's such a fun little Island, like community, and you just go around and you get a Yoshi and then you eat different fruits and then Yoshi turns different colors. Um, and the way that it opens up, there are like multiple, like not worlds in the game, but you have like multiple islands that you visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just like every time you get a shine sprite, it opens up like a nif- different level for those worlds. And there's so much that can just keep you going, keep you entertained. So... I've always just loved this game, and the music is so cute. And no, Mario's great. just, you're just running around with Flood, your little like water backpack. So it's cute. It talks to you. So,
0: yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited to, well, one, just see you as excited as you are to replay <laughs> it and re experience it. Um, and me, I mean, just the whole Mario 3D All Stars collection, I know it's getting a lot of flack that. Uh, it sounds like there's some controls is- control yeah. issues with the three games. Yeah. Uh, a lot of complaints about the graphics not being touched up as much as they could have been. Um, I'm still over the moon excited to eventually play it once you uh, similarly relinquish control of that collection <laughs> Good luck. of games. Um, but. I think Ryan, you know, he and I were texting back and forth a little bit last night and this morning. He's really loving it. I think he already has thirty shines. He's crazy. And like fifty some fifty like odd six. blue coins. Yeah. Um. You know, from quickly uh, just to kind of talk about my history at the game, and then I'll let you, you know, gush <laughs> about it a little bit, but. Uh, you know i remember i've talked on the podcast a number of times going into this place called trading zone and seeing it being played on a demo kiosk uh years and years ago before the game even came out and obviously at the time i was blown away only having experienced something like mario 64 and then seeing that bumped up against something like super mario sunshine with a drastic uh difference and and move forward in in graphics and gameplay and everything else Uh, and i eventually got it on the gamecube i got the the platinum GameCube with Mario Double Dash, the two controllers, Luigi's Mansion, Mansion, Super Mario Sunshine, and a couple other games, and uh, I really love Super Mario Sunshine. I never beat it, I never finished it, but as you were saying, it just has such a a different soundtrack than what we'd played previously with Super Mario World and um, Mario 64 but all very welcome changes. Mm. I think the game definitely didn't get as much love as it deserved. And so hopefully with this new collection, um, a whole new generation can play it for the first time or people that missed out on it back on the GameCube can give it its fair shot.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely overlooked. Um, I think people were surprised when it was put in the collection and chosen as one of the three games, but I'm so excited that it was. Yeah. Um, So
0: was it holding up as, uh, as well as you remember?
1: It's just like, a nostalgic like dream for yeah. me except for um like you had touched on the controls so they were inversed um like before on the gamecube and mm-hmm. so i think a lot of people are really frustrated because they're just normal controls and i haven't found a way to switch it back so um it's taking me a lot longer to get the hang of it because i'm used to you know clicking down and the water goes up and now i'm just you know it's taking me longer to beat some of the bosses yeah um because I'm playing like I did when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and so it's really hard to switch something that I've played this game at least like I don't know six or seven times um to just switch my mentality to control it differently so that's that's my only critique the rest of it I really like Mm -hmm. um again I'm only like six shine sprites in so I'm just trying to take my time and explore the island and um just take it in but yeah, loving it so far. So if you haven't played it, definitely pick it up. Um, I know some people are playing the games chronologically, um, but I had to go for Sunshine first. So. You know,
0: that makes sense. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward, though, to when you and Ryan both get a chance to play Mario Galaxy for the first time, mm, uh, because yeah. that's probably my favorite Mario 3D platformer. Um, just as the leap between 64 and Sunshine was huge, um The leap between Sunshine and Galaxy is just on another level. Uh, Music, the controls, the gravity, mechanics, all of it is just... It's so well done, and uh, definitely looking forward to to what you guys think about that game.
1: When I think it's even fun, like... I haven't played Galaxy, but even in Sunshine, they do some, like, like... I don't know, throwbacks. Like you go underground at one point to these like little tunnels in Sunshine and it goes, da-na-na-na-na-na. Nah, 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 nah. And so it's classic, just like, yeah, yeah it's just two. fun just to like go back and like hear the classic music. Um, like Ryan and I played some of the classic Mario games at my grandma's um, growing up. And so that's like all we did at my grandma's. We were just like, go there. And um, she would like watch us and like, you know, hype us up the whole time. And so it was really fun. So even just some of like the little throwbacks, are like reasons why i love sunshine
0: awesome well for me if those are the only games you've been playing i can quickly chat about the things i've been playing um not a whole lot more than what i talked about last week been playing more kingdoms of amalur uh re-reckoning of course the the remaster quote-unquote remaster it's more of just a a little bit of a touch-up if you will of the game that came out in 2012 the action rpg uh grant Kirkhope composed the soundtrack it's basically um I think that as I said last episode, the best Fable game since Fable Two that isn't actually titled uh, Fable. Very magical fantasy type setting, vibrant, colorful world to explore. My biggest complaint with it is just the load times. I mean, they're really painful, especially for a game that quote unquote has been remastered. It feels like I'm playing, you know, Skyrim when it first came out on the 360 or PS3, where every single time you walk into um, a house or an inn or a dungeon it's like a 10 to 12 second load time um, if not probably quite a bit more than that so it's an excuse to check the discord or twitter or see what's going on and stuff like that or if i'm watching a twitch stream to chat it up with people but uh, if i'm just like kicking back on a saturday as i will later this evening uh, and i just want to play some kingdoms of Reckoning. It's it's just a painful load time, so hopefully they patch that in. I know Bloodborne, when it first launched, had some painfully long load times, and then they ended up patching that and fixing it. So, uh, And the developers have been very vocal on Twitter, uh, communicating with all the players to say, hey, we're constantly working on the game to make it better, uh, improve on the quality of life updates, and uh, hopefully the load times uh, falls under that umbrella here relatively soon. But outside of that... I've uh, been playing more Tony Hawk last night. Uh, you probably heard me drop the F-bomb a number of times. <laughs> I uh, Two minutes, man, is just not enough time to run through those maps. But I, uh, I think I just got enough um, or cleared enough events or whatever they call them to unlock Downhill Jam. I'm still playing Tony Hawk 1. I suck at these games. I'm going to just be honest. I've never <laughs> been good at Tony Hawk. So when I heard, you know, Blink was like, oh, yeah, I already cleared all of Tony Hawk one and all of Tony Hawk two. I'm like, what Money the champ. heck? Yeah. Just seriously, man, need to borrow some of the, uh, the Tony Hawk moves from our, our boy Blink. But um, I'm still having a heck of a good time. The music, again, it is just such a nostalgic callback to the original games. Uh, the controls—it just feels like classic Tony Hawk, so it's good to be back. It's good to continue uh, trucking along in those games, and then outside of that, let's see: Tony Hawk, Kingdoms of re Reckoning. That's really it. I, I kind of started uh, Final Fantasy X as I've done many times, played a couple hours, but after watching the Ragnarok trailer, I think once we get settled in with the house, um, I'd like to download um well i guess pop the disc in and re-download it onto my ps4 and play through god of war Mm, just because like i just want to know what happens in that game i want to experience it i want to go through that adventure with kratos and atreus so badly maybe Um, we can
1: start syncing up some of these games so like when we go through tales together and then we can go through god of war together i think that could be fun you'll probably uh, beat it faster than i will
0: though we could do that i mean the only thing would be when i get the ps5 the first thing I'm going to want to play is, you know, Miles Morales. That'll probably be the yeah. first game I play, you know. I
1: mean, we don't have to do it right away. But yeah, no, but eventually like it would be fun to uh,
0: to play those games and then almost kind of reconnect to the dinner table. Like, what happened in God of War for <laughs> yeah, you today? Where are you? Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be really good times, actually.
1: I think it could be fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we haven't played a multiplayer together in a long time.
0: Well, that's kind of why I want to get a second controller for the PS5. Yeah, Um, I think that's a must. Because Sackboy's Big Adventure... Um, so think Yoshi's Wooly World or Yoshi's yeah. Crafted World on the Switch. It plays very similar to that, I, I think, in, in terms of its kind of, like, isometric 2D-type platforming, and... Uh, sort of pseudo 3D platforming as well. But I think you can co-op the whole game with a friend. Oh, fine. And that would be really fun for you and I to experience a next generation game together with the DualSense controllers. That'd be really good time well,
1: to Well, and there are two seats in that couch so we can just pop our feet up and oh, like get our, little, <laughs> get our little drinks and yeah. play together. I think that would be a lot of fun.
0: That would be great. But uh, that's really all I've been playing. Again, I don't know how much I'm going to be gaming a whole lot this next week because um, work is picking up and we're moving into a house. So there's just <laughs> a lot stressful of at all. <laughs> chaos going on. But um, but yeah, I'm sure uh, I'll probably just keep plugging along in Kingdoms of Amalur and-, and Tony Hawk. But with that being said, Lauren, why don't we go over to the Discord? I put a call out very late last night about uh, asking some couple specific questions. You know, if people wanted to Throw some questions our way for both Lauren and I since, you know, you are going to be on the podcast I let everyone know. Um, and our good friends, Blink and Frantic, did not disappoint. <laughs> they came up with some good questions here. So are you ready for these? Always. As ready good. as you'll ever be. So Frantic asked the first question. He said, who's the best cook between you two <laughs> and your favorite dish to cook is the first question he asks. Hmm
1: probably me uh, let's just take the probably let's, let's out of there. Honest. let's just be honest you are <laughs> i i let you cook cooked. chicken um i don't think you really like to cook as much though mm-hmm. um i don't know i like creating like different recipes i think i like to bake more than i like to cook um but i like to try new things but we go in phases um so like at one point we did those pita pizzas mm-hmm. so like i would get pita or naan from the store and we do pesto chicken and then cheese and bake them that was really good yeah um recently since you've been sick you've been eating a lot of ramen yes so i bought like a huge pack of ramen but instead of just making ramen with like the like the weirdo uh, packet of salt basically um yeah that's good stuff it is it is good i've had Mm -hmm. it every day for like the last month but um i just cooked the ramen noodles and put like teriyaki sauce or some kind of asian sauce in there with chicken and veggies um we we just like to keep it simple most of the time but i think having a house we'll be able to meal prep a little bit better i think just like we're losing our minds in the small apartment so we haven't been able to do as much cooking as we'd like um i don't know what else do we make no, I think those are all
0: really good call outs. I mean, we're big crock pot people, so oh, we'll throw yeah. some chicken, barbecue chicken in the crock pot. We love making stews, especially now with the we fall. That roast. The yeah. fall weather. Yeah. Pot roast, different kinds of soups and stews, I think, mm-hmm. to kind of last us through the week. It's just kind of comfort, cozy food. Um, and I think we'll be doing a lot more of that, certainly when we move to the house. Um, but yeah, you're definitely the far better cook. <laughs> I think the one thing that you cook best is you make a mean quesadilla.
1: Oh, yeah. You got to get the right like ratio of cheeses to chicken and the right crunch
0: it's like almost insulting how good it is (laughs) and i think i make a pretty good omelet yeah yeah
1: i've been branching out to grilled cheese too
0: oh grilled cheese is lots of uh
1: lots of comfort food but yeah i make a mean quesadilla Um,
0: and and we can
1: combine those because we've done breakfast quesadillas before with like an omelet inside
0: oh yes very very good call out very good call out now i'm Uh, just hungry (laughs) yeah me too i haven't eaten anything since breakfast which was ramen at like nine o'clock um frantic goes on he asks a second question here it's another very good one if you two were stranded on a desert island (laughs) what movie tv show and game would you bring one each
1: like one of each or we can each bring one thing
0: uh one each so i think we each get to pick a A film a tv show and a game
1: Mm i've been watching so much survivor it makes me just think of like <laughs> waterproof matches like how do i start a camp how do i catch fish yeah um what i didn't grow remind up remind with...
0: me though we need to come back to that at the tail end yeah. of the show. i totally forgot about survivor
1: <laughs> um oh gosh i'll let you go first you're the okay. movie buff
0: i think tv show i would probably pick i think it's only fitting that if we're on a desert island we pick lost as being one mm-hmm. of the tv shows that we mm-hmm. bring uh, Do we get
1: to share? Like, can I watch Lost
0: with you? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're there together. We're there for the long haul. Uh, so, yeah, I'd pick Lost because we. I just did another rewatch of that earlier this year. And as soon as I wrapped it up, I almost wanted to throw the pilot episode back on and go through it again. Mm. It's just so good. It gets a little crazy with the science fiction stuff towards the tail end. But the character relationships still stay really, really strong. And I think everything, how everything wraps up is very fitting and well done. So I think Lost would be my TV show. Kingdom Hearts 1 would be my game because that's another thing, another game that as soon as I finish it, I could go right back to Destiny Island and get right back into that game uh, and just play it over and over again and it wouldn't grow stale for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And movie, that's a tough one because you got to think like if we're on a desert island for the rest of our lives... Do I really want to watch something like Fellowship of the Ring every single day, or every yes. other day, or whatever it is? Would yes. You say? <laughs> yes, you said yes. See, that's why I married you. Um, yes, I agree. Can First. we just
1: get like extended edition of all of them? I mean, we can. Well, just we only spend have two day.
0: people, so wait a second. If Scoob's in on this deal, then I'll pick Fellowship. You pick Two Towers, yep. and since Scooby is a prince, Return of the King <laughs> is what he'll bring. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. That so your I final like choice. We got the films figured out tv show what what do you got
1: so you have lost um we go in phases with that too like we watched all of um oh gosh now i'm blanking when we first got married gray's anatomy yeah yeah. okay gray's anatomy um that's not my choice but like i'm trying to think of something with that many seasons that we can just like binge watch or it never gets old um but i don't Parenthood. remember we were just talking about maybe doing another rewatch of that Mm. I was thinking Gilmore Girls. I think Gilmore Girls because I I love Gilmore Girls. And like Lost is really good but it's dramatic and kind of intense whereas Gilmore Girls like it's just witty and fun. Yeah. Um, Like I love The Office and I could watch it a million times but I also like only really love like three or four seasons and then the other ones I just literally skip. That's a good point. So and I don't think... I don't know if you're as big of a fan of the office as i am but i think you are of gilmore girls so probably gilmore girls
0: yeah no shame by the way gilmore girls is great it's so
1: good if you haven't watched it like so much wit and sarcasm yeah so i pick up on new references literally every time i watch it so yeah it's really um, good stuff lauren graham
0: what's up you want to be on the show she's beautiful yeah uh and video game or really any game he doesn't specify this could be video game it could be card game board game
1: Ooh. hmm I was even thinking like backgammon if, if we wanted something more interactive, okay. um, or like chess or something that we can play and it's different every single time. Yeah, that's Cause fair. I, I think I could do, I would be fine playing kingdom hearts with you or just literally w- like listening to Traverse Town music and we oh, could yeah. just play backgammon and listen to Traverse Town music or watch Lord of the Rings. I think something interactive like that. Um, if you haven't played backgammon, it's really fun. Um. I'm Armenian, so it's kind of something that um, my grandpa taught Ryan and I how to play early on. Yeah. So, um, do you like backgammon? Do you want chess instead? You can teach me how to play chess.
0: Well, I mean, either either game that we choose, one of us is going to learn a new game, because I've never really played backgammon, and you never really learned how to play chess. So I
1: wish I had. Let's but go
0: yeah. with backgammon, backgammon, because then you have the, you know memories of your grandfather and yeah. i don't have a whole lot of memorable memories playing chess, <laughs> playing chess so yeah
1: let's do backgammon all right final answer
0: backgammon it is kingdom hearts lost gilmore girls and all three Lord of the rings because our boy scoob <laughs> coming in hot bringing in return of the king uh blink also known as blink
1: friend of the show
0: absolutely thank you he says what's one game that each of you really likes but the other one doesn't like at all put it other way what are games that your feelings are the farthest apart on
1: I think for me, you like horror games, like Ooh. Resident Evil and stuff, I don't think I'd like at all. Yeah. Like some of those, I don't even watch you because I don't have an interest in them.
0: Just too intense.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Mm. Wow. You came prepared for that one. Uh, well, I was
1: looking at the games earlier and I was like, "Ooh, I don't want to pick that one off the shelf. It's not yeah, my thing. That's but fair. But like Bloodborne and things like that, um, or Dark Souls, like I still am entertained by watching you play, but horror games I'm just not really interested in. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't like horror movies either, so... I've just got you thing. to watch a few, though. Yeah, like, um I like suspense, like... Thrillers. Psychological thrillers. Yeah. I don't, like, pop out and gore. Yeah. Um, so, like, what was that one? I'm terrible with names of movies and things. Um Give me a... It's, like... Oh, gosh. I don't remember the name, but it's a suspense thriller that we watched. There was, like, a sequel that just came out. Um,
0: hmm... Okay, the guessing game. Here we go. <laughs> no,
1: he was like he was dating the girl and the girl like lures like people back to her family and then the mom puts like the Oh, get out. Yeah, get yeah. out. <laughs> okay. What's up? That one. I I can't remember these things. Yeah. Um but well, that I one I really liked. Yeah. We tag team. Um but that one I really liked, um, because it messes with your head. So, mm-hmm. um I like anything like that.
0: So. Okay. Good stuff. Um, I think for me, this is more earlier on when we started dating, and I was just really surprised that these are the games that you were playing um probably because of ryan's influence but you were really into destiny mm-hmm. and i never really got into destiny
1: i pre-order destiny i don't really, really typically pre-order i don't think i ever got very far in that one though well it's more I of an online with,
0: experience but yeah
1: because i i ended up taking over the character that my friend uh, well and like old roommate ben had um because he had like he was really really good at it and spent way too much time playing it and so, he, like, decked out everything. So, you can just go in and just, like, wreck. Yeah. Um, so, I ended up playing as his character for a while. But, yeah, things like that. Just online games I've really liked. Like, I played COD, um, Black Ops 2 a lot in college with an online group. Yeah. So.
0: Well, and uh, puzzle games. Puzzle games. You're very into puzzle games. Yeah. Not a fan. Although, the only exceptions I make are Picross 3D, or That's the Picross really series one. in general, and the Professor Layton games. Mm-hmm. But, um, games for, that have puzzles for the sake of having, having puzzles, like your, uh, what is it? The Witness and maybe The Witness isn't a good example. There's a lot of, there's dozens of puzzle games out there. Rusty's not a fan. This should be no surprise.
1: I'm a sucker for puzzles.
0: Yeah, you are.
1: Do you like Sudoku? No. Some people say Sudoku. No, i not I just fan. have an app on my phone. I just play Sudoku
0: all the time. I know you long. do. You're a crazy person. <laughs> uh, Blink asked another question here. He says, a second one, or a second question, my entire relationship is founded on the de- idea that Sprite and I are almost always roasting each other. <laughs> so I ask, who has the better burns between the two of you?
1: I love that. That's the best way to have a relationship. Um, I mean, you can't make like fun you, of each other. Yeah, like respect each other, but like poke fun at each other. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if we roast each other. I guess through like, since the time we first started dating to now you've gotten a lot more dry i think with my family's influence yeah probably um so we both have pretty dry sarcastic kind of sick senses of humor um gosh i don't know
0: yeah i don't know we don't who like, has go the, after each other who has the better burns but like we're constantly especially now working from home these past six months or however long just it's been we're just i think on constantly going back and forth mm-hmm. joking with one another giving each other a hard time certainly i know what really pisses you off and i know when you're like really struggling when you mm-hmm. haven't eaten or you haven't had enough coffee yeah you're, you're very short and you have a very low tolerance for like but that's bullshit. not often
1: i typically like eat enough but it is a joke that we have because like um the reason he calls me gizmo is because i turn into a gremlin if i haven't eaten or slept or that's had True coffee. story so um little insight to the name. Yeah. Um typically I'm like Gizmo, yay, but like if I'm ticked off with something at work or like haven't eaten or haven't had enough coffee, I am sure. It's like, She's like a especially especially you wouldn't be able to tell with my voice and stuff, but um I I do get mad sometimes. Um but yeah, I think living in a one bedroom apartment and both working from home for like the past six or seven months has been tough because I don't get the quiet time that I need as like an introvert. Um, besides when you and Ryan record and I'm like trapped in the room with Scooby going nuts. Yeah. Um, that's like my time to chill. Um, but the house should help with that. But yeah, you you typically poke fun at me when I'm mad. <laughs> so and then you buy me ice cream or something and you have a pint in the freezer for me and it helps. All is so, well in the world.
0: Yeah. Ice but cream solves everything. like we
1: don't don't really get mad at each other i don't think um, I've,
0: we've raised our voices to one another ever so
1: i don't think i've ever raised my voice <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's very true
1: i mean i have but um i mean we typically are on the same page about things or we like say well have you thought about it this way instead of like getting mad at something um we've we've always been really good about we that. show each
0: other a lot of grace we're pretty patient yeah, with each other. especially
1: now with like everything with covid like grace upon grace because we are so patient yeah um like we you have to be you do what you need to to survive right now so we buy a
0: bunch of food and then you wake up the next day and you see chipotle in the fridge and it's like rusty what the (laughs) heck is going on
1: our food is going bad i just bought it from the grocery store why do we have chipotle in there but i like if the worst thing you do is buy chipotle like twice a week like i'll give you a hard time but like if that's the worst thing you do like i'm not gonna be mad so yeah there are bigger issues in the world than too much Chipotle. That's right. Um, That's right. I don't know if we answered the question. but
0: I don't know if we did either, but hopefully witty we... Witty banter. It yeah. goes back and forth. Uh, Blink asks a final question for Lauren only. No, oh, no. Did you get my muffin? <laughs> if not, Rusty, please explain your failure to deliver. You don't have to read this one, but an explanation would still be nice. So, funny enough, uh, yesterday, Blink, well, during his stream Friday night? No, Thursday night. Uh... We were going back and forth, and I talked about uh, my wish list of games. I keep an ongoing spreadsheet of games. uh, It's kind of a wish list. It also includes all the games I've purchased on eBay dating back to, like, early 2018. Mm. Trust me, you don't want to see it, Lauren. I don't. Um, And he asked, like, hey, can you shoot that spreadsheet my way? And uh, it's kind of a mess in terms of organization. So I was like, hey, let me clean this up, and I'll shoot it your way. And then yesterday what day is it is it saturday saturday yeah yeah. so yesterday we had to go to the bank to basically wire the down payment of the house to the people that need by the the way if you ever
1: like put a down payment on a house you get the sick feeling (laughs) after you do so like i saw the uh the money being taken out of my account and i just i don't know we went
0: little part of you died inside Yeah. yeah. but anyways uh, um so blink and i were going back and forth messaging each other and i said hey because I sent it to a Hotmail, because Blink is still using Hotmail in the year 2020. Oh, Gotta love him. And he's like, no, can you forward it to this Gmail? And by that point, we were already out and about running errands. And I said, sure, uh, once I get back from running these errands, I will shoot it your way. And then you ran into the bank, and I stayed in the car. So I'm like, you know what, I might as well see if I can get Google Sheets on my phone. And lo and behold, it was already downloaded on my phone. So I just forwarded it to his Gmail, and I said, sent... And he's like, wow, those errands ended fast. (laughs)
1: Gizmo's doing all the errands.
0: And uh, actually, what the heck? I'll just pull up the back and forth that he and I had. So, um, let's see. Dang, those errands ended quick. And I said, technology reminded me that I can access Google Sheets on my phone. He said, well, since you're out and about, here's your next task. Need you to, on the way back, swing by and pick up a pumpkin coffee a nice pumpkin coffee, by the way, not a mean one, maybe a scone or muffin, sit down, slide it over to Lauren, look her dead in the eyes and say, hey, that's from Blink. <laughs> and he says, happy Friday. If you could ask Lauren to do the same for you. <laughs> so uh, I didn't Thanks, do Blink. this, but I think Lauren can attest and speak for me and uh, that I did read through that message. Yeah, uh, he read through it well, and
1: we, uh, we definitely got a good laugh last night. Thanks, Blink. Yeah. So <laughs> while happy we were in Friday the car. Do to you
0: too absolutely um we I th- do
1: need to go out for like scones and muffins it sounds really good and it cozy. does
0: tis the season this fall season just a nice hot cup of coffee and some scones and muffins uh would be wonderful um i feel awful i don't know why i just decided to talk for two hours on a podcast when i feel <laughs> when as, sick. as under the weather as i do uh i seriously Even almost feel like very much though. i'm good. i'm drunk in a certain sense because my head's just so spacey and i feel like i'm underwater with um all the congestion so we probably
1: need to get some food in you
0: yeah um but i want to thank you for coming on the podcast oh, with thanks. me thanks yeah. for
1: having me it's been fun i don't do this enough
0: you don't we gotta get you on more often
1: yeah and plus like i don't know i i'm kind of a lurker in the discord but um it's just fun to see the community that you all have so um i typically just go through and like stuff every now and again but i just I know Rusty really appreciates everyone's support and just friendship. So um, just a good community. So thanks, guys.
0: Thank you for transitioning us into the end of the show. Yes, the Discord people, if you're not in there, what a wonderful community it is and has become, and it is continuing to grow, but if you're not in the Discord, click the link in the show notes. It's a quick link. You click it, you create a Discord account, and you're in there, and you're talking with wonderful people all the time about anything from Taco Bell and your recent order to video Crunch games. Rap.
1: that's the only order.
0: Movies that you're watching, what's that?
1: Crunchwrap Supreme, it's the only Taco Bell the only order. order. That matters. That's right,
0: that's <laughs> the only true magical order at the old T-Bell But, uh, we will be back hopefully next week with another podcast episode where Ryan will make his return, but, uh, we certainly want to thank everyone for listening. If you, uh, have any comments, disagreements, rebuttals to my thoughts about the PlayStation 5 conference, by all means, hop in the Discord, make it friendly, but let it be known where you're at with the next generation of consoles, and if you're looking forward to getting a Series X, uh, on the 22nd, the best of luck to you. I hope you can secure secure a console, and, um yeah, invest in the next generation of video games. But that is a wrap. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. But since Ryan's not here, I have to turn it back to today's co-host, my wife, Gizmo, also known as Lauren. Do you have any parting words for our listeners?
1: Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Um, Here, it's getting pretty chilly, so stay cozy, stay warm, and enjoy. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. That's it. That's a wrap. We'll see you next week, folks.